That means brother in French. I don't know why I know that. I took four years of Spanish. Episode 28 of the 2015 offseason. This is show 192. Eight to go till a fiesta party. Come on forever uh, for episode 200. We're fired up. Tonight we're going to be talking about collective tears. We got Houdini to the left of me. We got Stag Party across the way. Dogmatica to my right. I'm D-Rex. We're pyromaniac.com, and those tiers that we're going to be rolling through are an accumulation and an average of our rankings put in, in a formula and mass together. So we are going to go through that and talk through those tiers and why we thought something was happening, and probably also budge them up and move them around a tad um, based on intel and, and, and opinions that happen here. So let's not get mad at each other, but let's have an awesome show. Anything, uh, anything to mention uh, in football? The rosters are have been set, um, or for the most part, they're down to what seventy five. Down to yeah, down to seventy five today. So I mean, that's obviously a big deal. There's. You know, big decisions to be made just to get them down to 75. I mean, I can't imagine the guys that you have to end up cutting going to 53. But some big names, you know, are out there on the uh, on the wire for teams to pick up. Fred Jackson, first and foremost. I think that's a, a big one that uh, a lot of teams would would love to have him as a backup or at least a mentor in some form or manner. Um, I, I guess you could throw Nick Toon out there is is a guy that. Had a lot of promise coming out of college. Um, went to a, a system that I thought was going to uh, benefit his play, but he couldn't uh, couldn't make it happen. Who knows? There's a lot of wide receiver needy teams out there. So yeah, I mean it's uh, it's definitely interesting at this time of year, especially over the next week too, because there's going to be some other really big names cut and thrown out there that uh, I'm sure the Bears would love to pick up. They're going to pick up about four or five of them. Yeah, they better. <laughs> well, they already picked up potentially a new QB of the future yeah. in a Zach Desert or Dyser, however you want to go ahead and say that. Uh, but it's definitely an improvement over Shane Carter. Can't be any worse. He spent time with Adam Gase and John Fox uh, in the Denver system already, so it's not going to take him too long to catch back up. Hopefully, you know, he comes in and shows he'll probably get a majority of the snaps here. I think. With Jimmy Clausen out with a concussion, he's probably the game four 
you know, entire game starter with... Uh, not you know, David Fails? Not make, I guess it'll be half and half, is, would be my guess. What's the um, what's the deal with the second worst rushing record ever for with a minimum of six hundred? Trent Richardson uh, at three point one, the worst ever of all time, was a guy that had three point oh. So right now he's got the second worst average per rush in the history of the league. Uh, but he's out. Okay, the Raiders. What a waste of six hundred grand that was, guaranteed money. Um, will he get picked up by anyone? I don't know if you guys saw it, but on Twitter today, we some one of us retweeted. Uh, a, a blank piece of paper that said interested teams that, <laughs> interested teams in picking up Trent Richardson one of them was like the Powder Puff Girls the Powder Puff League high yeah. school teams yeah. I don't think he finds a team this year I, I, I have a feeling it's you know who's going to be there? unless someone gets injured early in the year I think then he maybe gets a, a call up week four week three if someone gets hurt I'd much rather call up Ahmad Bradshaw Pierre uh, Thomas anybody I think it's a guarantee he goes to the Browns <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 I mean, right back to him. I think I, that's that's, hey, that's a come up though. A first round pick, you probably end up the starter again. Yeah, yeah you never know. Now he's uh, he's obviously really close to down and out for the career. Uh, he's going to have to really show something this off season in terms of uh, conditioning and working on his game because he's uh, he's pretty much done. I mean, yeah. that, to, to I be, mean to be dropped by the Browns, get rid of by the Browns, to be dropped by the Raiders, basically paid six hundred grand to say, "Stay away from us. Don't come near this facility anymore." Here's six hundred grand. Just get away. Can you That's it. That? That's such a bad signing. Um, well, let's get into it because we know that we're not going to be short on much of these. We're trying to plow through a lot of guys. Let's keep that in mind. Um, I say that we start with an interesting position and not just go right to quarterback. Collective tiers. If you guys want to start with wide receiver. Sure. Back. Let's start a wide receiver. Let's get okay. into it. And how many are we going to want to go deep? Are we going to try and plow through all of them? No. Okay. Uh, what, what, what was uh, the parameters, Doug? We're going off of what our rankings are during the regular season. Okay. Yeah, so we'll, go, we'll go 32, 60, 80, 35. Okay. Something along those lines. So right around wide receiver 80 would be Philly, Corey Brown, whatever you want to call him. I'm calling him Philly. Because who wants to be called Corey in today's league? Like Corey, 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 Corey Fuller, or any of these Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, he looked good. He was open. He was the only guy creating separation. Could he catch the ball? Mm, not very well, unfortunately. So that was a little bit of the issue. Uh, he, he dropped what a touchdown pass, you know, from Cam Newton. He's not very tall, and we know how Cam can be a little bit erratic with his ball placement. So that's the thing you got to be concerned about with He's him. He's erratic with his ball placement. I, like, I just like that line. <laughs> hey, remember we talked about this. Sounds like he had a dorm. <laughs> second grader, 1991. And then, yeah, well, this, is, this is for me. See, anybody have anything? This is for me. Come on, you douchebags. We're all on the same team. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> So he's he's a guy with a little bit of upside, real late in a deep draft too. You know, you could be targeting, especially if you don't have much trust in the Funches. And I'm not a guy who has a ton of it, but I I have know, more trust the in the Funches. Is a fungus among us? There, there. Apparently, there is going to be some Funches among us, but uh, <laughs> I will not be having it. <laughs> I love it. I'll be having more bunches of funches over here. Oh, you you will. And then uh, uh, just ahead of him, we've got a Danny Amendola, who are you know a little bit higher on, but more spread out. Just not knowing what we're going to get from Tom Brady. 
you know, that makes you think, oh, could be good, could be bad, could be Garoppolo. Well, and you know what? So here we are, and it's September 1st. So we're recording this, and the uh, we still don't know because the judge keeps kicking it down the line. Now they're saying we were supposed to have an answer maybe by today, if not tomorrow. Now they're saying it's going to be the end of the week. So they just keep dragging this thing out. I I don't know what's going to happen. I don't I don't think it's going to be a four game suspension. Well, plain and simple, here's what's going to happen. Um, they're they're giving them the, the judge is going to give them about three four more days and say, listen, try as hard as you possibly can to work something out on the side. Because this, it, I don't want to have to make this decision. And in the end, they're not going to work something on the side. And he's not going to want to make the decision. So it's going to be pushed to the second court of appeals. And, you know, he'll up, up stand it or he'll push it on to a, a separate arbitrator and have him make a decision. Then that decision will, uh, you know, be put to another court of appeals. This thing is going to drag out for, for forever, basically. Because neither Goodell... And, uh, and Brady can step down from this. They cannot back down from their position whatsoever. Neither one, uh, Brady cannot admit to it, and uh, Goodell cannot say I was wrong in this suspension at all. They, so it's just going to last as long as the courts let it last, and that's just the way it is. You know what? This whole story has given me a, a Will Smith quote-unquote concussion. <laughs> <laughs> I just want more pictures of Tom Brady that, where he looks like a total alien. No, I, the last <laughs> one was pretty good. Walk out of her house right now. The last one was pretty good in the three-minute or whatever it was hearing where they just said, oh, we have nothing else to add. And they made a big deal about this. And She's yeah. been working on her Brady. I read the article. She's yeah, been like, it she said it's been haunting her, or he said <laughs> that. I don't remember who it was exactly, but it's been keeping him up late at night. And I was like, oh, that's a scary thought. I think it's Brady kept woman. me up late at night one night. I, <laughs> I was experimenting. I don't know. What can I say? All right, let's move on. Two let's, guys, same team. How about that? You know, the dink and dunk offense that we saw this weekend could be a little bit exciting. It got my PPR real hard. In a Robert Woods and a Percy Harvin. Like, just Matt Castle and Tyrod Taylor, 10 of 11, and like 6 of 7, and just just dink and dunk all day. It looked really good. I was excited watching the Bills' offense, which is probably the first time I've ever said that in my life. The thing is, the thing is that Woods... Since, since uh, Jim Kelly and the King. Hey, I said my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. I said sorry. my life. Sorry, sorry. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> good point. This is where I'll get into Teletubbies and shit. So, I... Robert Woods is the more consistent. He's a more polished receiver. He's a guy who knows the offense a little uh, and can work within it a little bit better. Percy's going to get his his weird stuff here and there. Who knows what's going to happen? The kid, actually, I do know what's going to happen. He's going to end up right around 80th is what it's going to happen. That guy is um, he's a gadget player. We've said it all along. And uh, don't go drafting him based on his athleticism. No, but at the same time, I understand where Snag's going. I, I think he's worth a late flyer there because he's Rex's boy. Rex had him over there. He's bringing him back over here to Buffalo. There were a couple games where he was getting 12, 13 targets for, for the Jets. So, you know, he likes his gadget. That's all I think I can say about Rex. And Rex he's is just like, never you know, put it together and really got it done. I mean, no, I can't even think of it. Has he ever even had a huge game singularly? One game, Harvin. Has he ever had a yeah, yeah. One, with the Jets? He had like 151 yards and two touchdowns last season. Did he? Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. why I'm saying maybe only one. This is yeah, not someone that you're targeting as a starter. This is not someone that you're targeting as a first wide receiver off your bench, second wide receiver off your bench. No, this is a guy that you're looking at. You know, if you're PPR toward the end, 
And if I, you get potential maybe for return yards, because he could be used there too. I've been burned. I've been burned before. Well, I know. For me, I'm not, least. Diving, I'm not diving, diving back in. To be honest, I, I want to give a little side bit on draft strategy, something uh, that we, uh, we talk about. But went back this week and was looking at I've got a draft tomorrow. Looking back at the league, looking at last year's draft, looking at whose team was lo- doing great stuff, and doing that whole kind of uh, review and audit of last year's season so I can know where I made my mistakes and where people did great stuff, where I did good things. I drafted, and I remember why last year, I drafted Percy Harvin, fourth round last year. I, I just, I just shit, shit my pants. It was such a bad it. draft, other than, the, and that guy got good in the middle. Fourth round, and I remember why. We drafted while the game was going on, and Harvin in preseason was getting targets galore, and they were giving him all these targets, and I was like, okay, it's going to be a crazy season, and I grabbed Harvin. In the fourth, you would have been better off grabbing Devery Henderson, who has just as many good games a year as Percy Harvin. I agree. I got luck in the eighth. There was a lot of great steals in there. Le'Veon Bell was a fourth rounder, not by me, but Le'Veon Bell and I got Percy Harvin. Anyway, next (laughs) year, can't wait to move on. Let's uh, let's let's go to the next team. (laughs) Cecil Shorts is going to be in there. Um, We're we're just skipping the people in red, right? Yeah, I wouldn't mind mentioning the names because it's it's they're kind of unsure situations. Akeem Nix is actually listed as a starter there, and it's been doing good stuff in camp um, over in Tennessee. Reggie Wayne just got taken in by the Patriots, and um, with with all the injuries that's going on there, I want to mention the same thing with Amendola. Those guys could be moving up the charts. LaFell could possibly still be going on the PP. Um, and if he's gone for the first six weeks, that's why they got Wayne, to throw him out there as the steady starter who can catch some balls. Uh, Edelman still isn't even playing as well, so Amendola has been working with the offense, and he's they went out and got Amendola last year for a reason, and the reason was to be in Edelman's spot right now. Edelman is injured, and he does get injured every single year, so Amendola is worth a, a look right there too. But I just want to mention those guys. Let's move on to shorts. And one thing I'll say uh, here is we, we've kind of got this list collectively joining forces, but uh, let's try to, based on some of our own tiers, categorize these somehow into a little bit. I, 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 I think I can do it a little bit. My tiers, personally, I don't know, tell me if yours are different. Uh, this like 75 through 80 that we're about to get into is uh, tier 16 for me. It's low. It's real low. Yeah, so let's try and... By 10, keep it in, in or something like that. Keep it in, or 5, keep it in tiers uh, to the degree we can. Uh, and I, if any of you guys are listening to the show and need tiers pieces, go to our website buy, or buy the draft kit. Um, and uh, we've got our tiers pieces up individually. We'll probably put a couple more up this week. Uh, but you can download a tier sheet for yourself. And there's your own row and column in the draft kit in the tiers uh, tab. So you know, as far as Cecil Shorts go, I guess I'll I'll talk about him because I'm I'm the highest on him. Um, I have him rated at uh, 57, and we have it as ranging as uh, high for stags up at 84. I just look at the situation in Houston, and you got Jalen Strong as the only other real main competition that's that's pushing him for the job, and he's a rookie, so he's going to take time to come on. They're they're going to. I've been watching the Hard Knocks. Have you been watching the Hard Knocks? It's actually been really. Pretty, pretty damn hilarious. It's always great. It's hilarious. And the best was, uh, you know, well, there's a lot of great stuff. Anyway, um, <laughs> not going to get sidetracked. But Cecil can make big plays. The problem for him is that he gets injured sometimes. And so when he, you know, that's always the thing that, that's cut him out of, 
of his situation. Look, remember what he was doing a couple of years back for Jacksonville. This guy it, it, it is, is a, a big play threat. He did it early in the preseason. I think it was a 60 or 70 yard touchdown catch and, and run. So he'll get some action early, and especially with uh, Arian Foster and the running game going to be somewhat depleted, I just don't think rating him all the way down there is, is necessarily as fair. Well, here's the one thing I'll say is the guy that's a few ahead of him, we'll talk about him in a minute, is having a pretty good preseason. The rookie you were talking about. Yep. He's kind of lighting it up. So, at least he's got a couple touchdowns and has, you know, some catches and yards. So, I think I'm I'm taking the chance on that guy. Uh, hopefully, I don't Jaylen know too Strong. Many. Yeah, Jalen mm-hmm. Strong. Sorry, I didn't mention his name. Jalen Strong. Anytime I'm going to take a chance on that guy um, over a Cecil because of that injury. And Jalen Strong's got injury issues uh, all throughout his, himself. But Here's my thing with, with that offense. First of all, the the, the second receivers, it's first. It's going to be a running offense mostly. I mean, there's not going to be a ton of passing, and you got a piece of shit uh, passer, regardless, Hoyer or Mallet, whoever the hell you're going to throw out there. Um, the second receiver isn't going to get all that much play. I think Strong, in terms of talent overall, is the best of them. And all this work that he's getting in the preseason, and, and the catches he's making, and the targets that he's getting, he's playing with the third team. He's playing in the fourth quarter. You know, with I mean, Mallet will be throwing the ball probably, or or, or or whatever, you know, to them. So that's, I mean, a nice hookup. But you're playing against third, fourth string defenses where he can tear them apart. The guy was a high draft pick for a reason, and he will eventually be the number two there. But he was injured for a little while. Uh, it's, he's, he's come back. I do like his talent uh, pool there. So he's definitely the guy you want eventually as your number two. But, you know, but, I mean, there is, obviously, there's Cecil Shorts going on there. And uh, who's the other one? Is it Nate? Washington, no. Washington. Washington yeah. is the other one there. So, anyway, moving on. Staying away um, from that pretty much team yeah, across yeah. the board, other than maybe Hopkins, who seems to be going high. Um, Tyler Lockett is in at 75-ish, uh, and Kenny Britt is right in front of him. Lockett, if you, I think he's really only valuable right now if you get uh, points for return yards, which is why they went out and traded for him. He's an electric player. Kenny Britt... Nothing really to talk about. Let's move on. Um, Andrew Hawkins. I kind of like this dude. I think he could he could have uh, he could have an opportunity to be the best wide receiver on the Browns for whatever that means. Um, I think there's seven receivers on the Browns that could end up being the best receiver on the Browns, <laughs> and that could mean 520 yards and two touchdowns. I don't. That's, <laughs> all, that's also why that's another team that you're pretty much just you don't want to have Browns receivers on your team. I agree yeah. with that. Maybe he's okay if you're in a, in a targets, uh, I mean a, a PPR league, but let's move or on. A, or a 14 or a 16 team league, but yeah. if you're in a standard 10 or 12, I, I really don't think you want to have Even then, you still got, you got Bo and Hartline on the outsides, you got Travis Benjamin there, you got Taylor Gabriel, Hawkins is almost an, he, he may catch some is passes, Miles but he's somewhat still there. Who? Is Miles Austin still there? No, he's in no, Philly. Uh, yeah. He's always in Philly. Okay. Yeah, no, I... It, it's just Hawkins is kind of an afterthought. He's getting older. He's not as quick as he used to be, and he gets injured when he does catch more than two balls in the three balls in a game. So at least he made some money, though. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, not him. I was talking about uh, Miles. Uh, all right, let's go to the next one. Sorry, this is so fucking hard to read. Yeah. Um, Malcolm Floyd. Floyd. Andrew. Oh, Malcolm Floyd. You guys talk about him. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Floyd's consistent. And the one thing you got to like, like about Floyd this year is that he has come out and said, this is my final year. So he's going to give it all. He's going to throw it all out on the line. He's always been a one-trick pony. It's go long, and he'll have a, you know, a couple few good games during the year. And he's one of those type of guys that uh, 
is our steady Eddie type. You know, the guy that you know exactly what you're going to get every single year, and he does. But but the problem with that is that you know that he's going to give you two or three big games on the year. The problem is trying to predict when that's going to happen. Exactly. And so it's like whenever it happens, he's never in your lineup. That's why he's one of the also the more frustrating guys to ever own in yeah. fantasy. Because unless you're... If you're Nice. Wow. Nice. If you, you know, he just, he'll be on your bench. You'll see the big game. You'll start him for two weeks when you have guys on bye weeks. He'll do nothing for you in those two weeks. Then your guys come back and put him on your bench, and then he'll have another big yeah, game. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the the Percy Harvin effect. You just never know when to start him. Have we ever had a sneeze on the show? Did anybody know what to say there or do? No. I was like, <laughs> stunned. the like, first sneeze we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Dude, what do I say? Yeah. What do I do? I mean, there's <laughs> the one where it's like, <coughs> where you're like blowing it, but that was the first real sneeze. C-minus, C-M-I-N-E-S. Did you even study? No, I didn't. Wow, how impressive is that? (gasps) Well, the bar for the refrigerator has been lowered, huh? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you do that one where you hold it and you give yourself brain, brain, you know, you kill brain cells, where you just got to hold it in, buddy. That's what you do when you're on the air. (laughs) Uh, Jalen Strong talked about let's go Philip Dorsett. Everyone's uh, everyone's all all on his jock. I uh, I like his situation, but I think he's probably going to start getting overdrafted. And he's, he, unless some serious injuries injuries happen, I just don't see him really getting enough play and enough opportunity to make his mark in fantasy. The fact of the matter is, I think that he he might actually be a better fit as a third receiver for the Colts than. Uh, than Moncrief at this point, and he's been playing better, and they drafted him high for a reason. They want to get this guy rolling, and he is dynamic. I mean, and he is exciting to watch, and he can make the big play when they need it. Um, Of course, it is the third receiver, and I wouldn't be overdrafting third receivers in that situation anyway. I'm not sure if he may be the third receiver in the lineup, but let's say one of the top two guys, if Andre or, or T.Y. goes down, I think Moncrief fills the role, not him. Yeah. Um, I think that he stays as a third-type receiver. I think Moncrief's more built to be an outside guy to stay on the outside, whereas Dorsett, I think, is quicker and can move over the middle and do some slot work and stuff like that. I totally agree with you. You have to understand that the Colts are being smart here. They know that they have Andrew Luck, and they're going to have him. They're going to lock him up for, for, as long as they're gonna, for as long as he plays. And what they have now is a young receiver in T.Y. Hilton around him. They gave him a veteran, Andre Johnson, but Andre Johnson is not the future for them. And they were looking to supplement that. So they had Dante Moncrief for that. Like, that's why they drafted Philip Dorsett. Yeah. yeah, if someone gets hurt, then these guys get a chance to play. But it's really about the long play. This is looking at trying to say, okay, look, we're going to give you big receivers that are fast. Uh, and, you know, to supplement with T.Y. Hilton, you know. Well, Moncrief's not big either. So, but Okay, 6'2". But they're all fast. And so they're giving him just lightning all across the field. And so in two, three years, it, it, think about how good Andrew Luck is now. Just think about how good it's going to be in two or three years when you're going to be lining up Hilton, Moncrief, and Dorsett. Oh, it's it's crazy. I mean, that offense is going to be studly for, for years. Uh, for years. I just heard a strange stat that I'm just going to throw this out there before we... It's going to be a while before we get to Julio Jones. He's at the top. But uh, Cleveland today just cut... The last player, that deal that yeah. Cleveland made with Atlanta that yeah. gave Cleveland five draft picks, yeah. Yeah. cut the last, last player, player of those five draft picks. Not a single one of them is on that team anymore. Three years later, I mean, that's unreal. That is 
It's terrible. That's just, I mean, you talk about a dysfunctional franchise. I mean, them, one Washington. Of them, yeah. One of them was Trent Richardson, right? No. No? That was Weed. No. Weed no, no, was no. in the Weed, Rams. Greg Little. 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 Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Not Richardson. Greg Little and then a couple other players. I saw that trade get. That was another tweet we did today. That's uh, pretty great management. Yeah. Well, there are so many times where you see that the teams that, that trade away and they get the bulk load of picks, and what do they do with them? Absolutely nothing. Nada. Nada. Get the stud. Yeah. Period. Get I the mean, stud. There's always that RG3 trade. Yeah, that was a flack. <laughs> shellacking, though. It's like, I'd let yeah. the Rams do with it. Yeah. Not much. They, no, I liked what they did with it. I liked what they did with it as well. Um, some some of it hasn't worked out quite well, but I think they turned Absolutely. their picks into a lot more than Cleveland, and oh, that's yeah. for sure. Well, and, yeah. and, and the Redskins, obviously, that whole RG3 situation. I don't even want to talk about it. I, uh, I don't feel either. bad kind of for the dude, but so do I. Um, at the end of the day, he he's done. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. Any, really, uh, he's never some, gonna be some Instagram again. problem with a. Yeah, it's, it's, it's my intern. It was my intern. Yeah. <laughs> I blame my interns all the time. Yeah, <laughs> your your interns. <laughs> yeah. It's because uh, I don't get interns. I, I, I grab my uh, my midterms all the time. <laughs> the midterms got in the way of my studying. That's why my grades aren't good. I always have a recurring dream that I'm late for my midterms and I'm going to fail. Yeah, sometimes. It's been a while since I've had that oh, one. Oh, that's funny. I used to have that one too a little bit. But, um, all right, 70. Let's say this is going to be the 70 uh, through, and that's going to be about tier 15 or 14. Uh, but let's move on to the next guys, and that's Doug Baldwin uh, sitting here at about 69. Uh, not, Don't talk about it. Uh, well, let's kind of group them in like fives here or something. Here. Okay, that's fine. So you uh, have Doug Baldwin, Brandon Coleman, Doriel Green Beckham, Ty Montgomery, and Marvin Jones. So the, 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 guess, mo- the most interesting guy there, let's be obvious, Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery. Or, I mean, Brandon Coleman's interesting. Yeah, Brandon Coleman's fairly interesting, especially with the cutting of Nick Toon today. Yeah. So it looks like he's selected. Right, what's this guy? I got to be honest. I don't even know who he is. Brandon Coleman. He's, yeah. They, he's been playing well enough in all the practices. Hasn't done much in the preseason in terms of catching the ball and stuff. But in all the practices, they say he's the MVP of the of the uh, you know OGs or whatever they call him now. What you talking about, dog man? What am I talking about? He's basically he's. <laughs> I'm great. I'm he's Gary the third receiver. I'm Gary Coleman right now. <laughs> no. He's a big, fast, fluid receiver who's you know taken a couple years to develop, but now they're excited about what they're seeing from him, and they want to see him on the field. Uh, right now, he is lining up on the outside with Brandon Cooks in two receiver formations. Colston is on the bench. Yeah, uh, Colston th- comes in. And three third. wide receiver sets. Of course, Cooks is bumping over to the slot, uh, and then they're lining up that way. But Brandon Coleman's pretty much relegated uh, Marcus Colson to the bench as of right now. So that gives him, you know, with a Drew Brees, that gives him a ton of upside late in the draft. Am I correct? It's a, he's huge, isn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty like sure 6'4". 6'5", six, six, or 6'6", six, six, I think, yeah. uh, Coleman is. Uh, got the uh, got the intangibles. Got those things that you can't teach, obviously. That, that's type of size. He may, I mean, he may end up being the next Colston, to be quite honest. I mean, I think that Colston eventually... Wins out with his experience there, and the fact that uh, Brandon uh, Coleman isn't doing a whole hell of a lot in actual game situations at this point leads me to believe that Colson is still going to be uh, hanging on to that job. But they're trying Coleman out in the starting role there, which is fine. They they're, they're not they were not pleased with what they were getting from Nick Toon, and so here's a guy that if that player 
whoever it was, Coleman or him, probably not going to get a ton of play at, at the beginning of the year anyway. So, but they, this is a guy that they would like the developmental track of better. Yeah, and there's a couple other guys to watch for in terms of receivers on that team. Willie Sneed uh, is a guy he who's looked, been he looked, he looked real good in the preseason Absolutely. last game. Uh, but is that the dude that's from that was from the Steelers? Or is that a different no. sneeze? No, a different sneeze. Oh, no, you're just yeah, in Texas. Sneed, you're dead. You should have sneezed yeah, with Willie Sneakers. Linus. Linus Sweet. Linus Sweet. I love that. Guy. Oh, but there is a less Sneed, though. Yeah, what is he, though? Sweet. I, was I think he was Pittsburgh sweet. as well. Uh, but whatever, it's uh, Brandon Coleman's actually six six two twenty five six six like from Rutgers, giant, gigantic, twenty three year old. Uh, you know, in his first couple years, less needs a general manager for the St. Louis Rams. Aha! Uh-huh. So we weren't even close. Yeah, well, it, was, we were football. <laughs> it was football related. It could have been like, yeah, he directed. Uh, maybe, biography. maybe he played Quit for sneezing. Pittsburgh. You're throwing us off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Brandon Coleman, late in the draft, is a guy who could have big, big upside. Like just like the guy right above him and it's Ty Montgomery, who both, you know. I like DGB. I think there's no no doubt that this team is going to be like, you know what, we're not having a season of the ages here. we got a young team. Let's throw our horses and get them going together. This guy, at early in the season, I think is going to be starting, going to be getting, if, if not from the day one, and he's going to be getting targets. I like what this guy could be doing. Uh, it, 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 he's just, and he's going so late. Well, Doriel Green-Beckham, I agree. DGB, I like I it. So, talk, I'm looking at him like thinking that people are talking about him, but I'm not saying the name. No, that's okay. Sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> but you're right, because he's, you know, with, with being in Tennessee and in this situation, you want to know what I kind of think of? I kind of think of when Dwayne Bowe was a rookie. And kind of coming in, you know, it was like he was kind of like Doyle Green back in moves. It was pit kind of high, but not super high. You know, doesn't doesn't have a blazing speed or anything like that. And then Bo just was an impact receiver when he came in. This is a similar type of situation because he wasn't also in, in Kansas City when he got there. He was not surrounded by a lot of good receivers either. I think of him more like a David Terrell. Hopefully his career. Well, hopefully not. not. Like <laughs> that, he's got that more size and just that play. He has. Style. He definitely has the size. He has the things that you can't teach. He, his athleticism is off the charts. Um, the guy has the the potential to be a star, but the problem is, is that he did not play. Uh, college football that entire last year, and um, he likes to get high. He likes to get high, and he's extremely raw. And my question is: Tennessee's already throwing out a rookie quarterback, um, but who, a rookie quarterback who can handle it. They already have enough receivers I- in there that it's not like they need to throw Green Beckham into the mix yet. I think the kid can eventually be awesome. Uh, his his raw talent is phenomenal off the charts. But I think that they're going to bring him along slowly, personally. I don't think he's the type of guy that you want to fuck with his confidence. Because if they start throwing him out there and he can't, and he's not catching anything, he's running, running wrong routes, and, and, and you got Mariota yelling at him, you got the offensive line yelling at him, and he's just he's all over the place, that could ruin a kid like that. He's had a lot of problems already. Um, and his whole, I, I, there's an article I read, his whole life story is really messed yeah, up. Yeah. You know, and he's, it's really fortunate for him to be in the position that he's at. Um, he was, I think he was adopted by a, a family, um, kind of like, uh, what's that, what's that movie with the offensive Blindside? Blindside, yeah. It was a, kind of a situation like that. Um, but like I said, you know, I think they want to bring this kid along a little slower 
And it may be towards the end of the season where he starts getting in some games. But I don't think in the beginning of the season, I don't think he's worth drafting to hold on and wait for that long. It's not like he's going to be the end-all, be-all. It's a Tennessee team that ain't going to score anyway. He's like Dorsett. He's that guy that it's, they drafted Mariota. This is for the future. They want to have a guy that they can build up and, and hopefully be that outside receiving threat for him for years to come. Yeah, they just don't, I just don't think they need to yet. And I think they want to play with kid gloves with this guy. You know, I mean, he's got a lot of things going on in his head. Yeah, I I completely agree with you, dog. He's not a guy I'm really targeting in redraft, uh, especially in smaller 10 or 12 type leagues. But he's an exciting dynasty prospect who I think will be very, very good down the line. His measurables are off the charts. So I already (laughs) suggested to, uh, in your league, by the way, (laughs) Houdini, TC, to grab him. Mm. And he did. Uh, in that league, so he's very happy about that, and I believe that that's going to be eventually a very good pick, just not this year. Plus, I, the, the chemistry with Kendall Wright is obvious that they don't need to throw this guy out there, and that they're somewhat consistent to let you know uh, Hakeem Nix play on the outside and Justin Hunter play on the outside, depending on you know when his suspension ever gets you know put into the league. We'll see on that, but. He's a guy who I like long term. This year, not so much. Yep, agreed. You want to know who I like this year oh, and long term? I like him. Val Verde. Excuse me. Do these effectively hide my thunder? <laughs> the last guy in this five uh, five pack here that I actually think deserves a little more talk than than we were mentioning here, Marvin Jones. Um, he looked pretty darn good. I mean, granted, it's a, it's a bare secondary that. Might be the worst in the league um, by far. Uh, like mid mid range college, you know, secondary type of thing. Uh, actually, a Big Ten secondary for sure. <laughs> uh, Big Ten secondaries are better than the, than the Bears secondary. But uh, Marvin Jones, dude, he's got some real talent. We saw what he did a couple years ago in Cincinnati. Granted, he had the year off last year with the injuries, and that's always going to scare you with him. But he's a great complement to somebody like an AJ Green on the other side. You got Tyler Eifert. Both those guys are going to draw some, uh, you know, some coverage there. Marvin Jones might go unnoticed a little bit. He's going to because also look, Mohamed Sanu is not the answer. So that's why Marvin Jones was, God, you know, look what he was doing. The other thing is, I always say, can he catch touchdowns? Are you a touchdown catcher? He's a touchdown catcher. You know, so he has that ability. He has that leaving ability. He had the, the, the trust with Dalton as well. So, you know, there's there's always a good chance that when you have a guy that can strike in the red zone. And I know everyone hates we'll get to him later. But Ty I'll, Montgomery, let's get to a quick... Uh, yep. A quick little overview of him, Stags. The, the talk, thing talk is, we on. might be ranking him a little too low because we're bigger believers in Jeff Janis. The thing is, the first three snaps of the game when Randall Cobb was on the field for the team, Ty Montgomery was the third receiver on the field with Devontae Adams and with Randall Cobb. So he might be running ahead of Jeff Janis for the job. The thing is, Jeff Janis is like a body-type clone of Jordy Nelson has that deep field ability and, you know, is the kind of, you know, long touchdown guy that this offense could need and is a prototypical outside receiver. Ty Montgomery is a bigger slot receiver at like 6'2", 217 pounds, played at Stanford. Uh, is sort of a bigger Randall Cobb. And I think they drafted him with, you know, potentially a backup role uh, in the slot sort of in mind and as a dynamic return guy. See, I, I do have him higher than Janice on my tiers. 
So because he is that dynamic return guy, what happens with that? Look, you have Aaron Rodgers who, as long as you can run a route, he will get you the ball in the space that you need. It's not like you're playing with a bad quarterback where you're going to have to adjust to the ball. You're going to get put into compromising positions. It's going to re- reduce the confidence level that you have. If anything, that's why you're able to have why a dog is always saying grab that fourth wide, wide receiver on Green Bay is because you have the ability to, to learn and, and to, to grow because you have a quarterback who's putting you in situations to be successful, not putting you in situations where you have to fear for your life. Those should be Val Verdes. No. Yeah. Aqua Verdes. Aqua Verdes, right. Aqua Velva. But in this business of show, you have to have the heart of an angel and the hide of an elephant. I love that you know what an Aqua, vel- uh, aqua Velvet is. I- I've been up late at night as a child seeing commercials with this dude with this blue uh, aftershave. <laughs> Especially because you don't shave very often. Yep. Nor do I. So let's talk talk about a guy who also has a quarterback that gets him the ball in a good situation, in a Cole Beasley, who's been looking pretty good this preseason, who's been worked in early in games. Uh, And that's something we really wanted to see out of Cole, especially signing a fairly big contract. The thing I love about him, too, is the alpha male, uh, Dez, Houdini's lover. Yes. That guy has embraced them. He loves that tan. He loves that wide receiver crew with Terrence Williams. That is, they, they are something special. And when you start bringing that whole kind of morale and team, and we're in this together, that three amigo type of mentality, where you know the team's expected to win, they're going to be going through the air a lot. And Romo's, uh, you know, he's got to he's got to get it done in these last couple of years. He's no young spring uh, chicken. So I really like that a lot. Whereas he's been brought in, and over the last you know literally about a year, think about Cole Beasley a year ago. You're thinking about him as a guy that's going to be out of the league in no time. Now he's uh, really a part, an integrated part of this receiving core. No, he's uh, he's one of those priceless slot guys that uh, can catch anything that's within you know five you know five feet of his arms. He'll catch that thing. He's not going to put a, a you know a ton of moves on. He's not going to score you touchdowns. He'll be okay in, in PPR leagues. He'll get you some yards, um, but he's. He's PPR. He's yeah. PPR. He's slotted right where he should be for us. Any league, is, he's right in the mid-60s. He could surprise, though. Isn't it a guy that could have a pretty big season? When I look at some of these other names, I do not think, sorry, Devin Funches is having a bigger season than this guy. I, just I do. I don't. I know that Devin Funches is. That they have yes. nothing else to throw to right. there. If, but but the thing is that you have the other thing that you have going. Be able to get any separation. If you think no, you're you probably think, right. If you think actually, Alshon yeah. Jeffrey is not going to get anything done, I'm telling you right now, a no heart, no hands, no strength on a big body, he's getting nothing done. I'm going to have to get good points. Good points. We'll the, talk the about other, points just a little bit here. The other fact is that you have a potential for a breakdown in what Dallas has in their backfield, and if that happens. And you get guys that are coming up with, then Beasley becomes even more uh, potentially important because they will be throwing the ball more. And again, when you can't run, you use these short little hitches and, and throws to supplement as a running game. That's going to be Beasley's cup of tea. So PPR, he can really light you up if uh, if the running game falls apart. Marquise Lee, it's obviously not. I'm falling on. Yeah, he's falling. Oh, he fell big. He, uh, he, he can't pull uh, it I mean, I, I see your guys' respect. And I believe me, I have respect for his game, but until he actually plays a down in an actual game again, I cannot draft him. I can't suggest drafting him. I can't even have him in my top 100. 
I'm not kidding. Fair enough. I, I'll take that to heart. I hope for God that Nelson Aguilar, who obviously is, it shouldn't be this and looks much better, but I hope that he doesn't become the repeat of, of, of me. <laughs> I think it's also the system. If Marquise Lee was on the Eagles, I'd be much more excited. True, <laughs> but he can't stay healthy, so it doesn't even matter yeah, where he is. It does not matter. Hey, I mean, if you can't stay Fair healthy, point. you can't play. You can't play. I mean, Valverde plays. <laughs> Chickens don't clap. So, all right, we talked about Dante Moncrief, so we can move on ahead of that one. Uh, let's go to Marquise Colson, who we kind of talked about, but uh, I he, mean, he's the third wide receiver as of today. He's not somebody I'd much rather take a late, late flyer on a Brandon Coleman than draft a Marquise Colston and. You know, some people are drafting him like he's wide receiver, you know, 35 or 40 in ADP, and it's just not somewhere I would draft him. I don't feel comfortable with that. It's not the type of high upside wide receiver four I want on my roster. No pizzazz. Yeah. When that, I mean, three or four years now when people are grabbing Colson, I'm looking at that like, ugh. I did not in like the that. end, Colson's going to have more fantasy points at Coleman, but Coleman will have a couple of better games than Colson has. Colson's just a steady force that Breeze needs out there and wants out there. Um, you, you can't be thrown to a, a green kid, six foot six, got all, got all that stuff, but you can't be throwing that all the time and expect it to be working. You need that steady force. So I, I think Colson is that. Okay, let's move on to um, Jeff Janis, who talked to him a bit. Yep. Uh, let's, let's move on from him, but he's right there. Cody Latimer uh, and Brian Quick, let's, and Bo are right in there. Latimer is... You hear some things that the coaching staff loves him, thinks he's going to have a big year, and then you read the next article, and it's like, everyone's kind of down on Latimer. What, what's, what, what, do, we, what do you believe it's here? It's practice versus play is what it is with him. It's, there's a lot of players go through that where you can, uh, you can do it in practice all day long. You can do it when nothing's on the line. Then you get out there and you play against another team that you don't know anybody out there, and it's not all fun and games, and you don't go out and have lunch and dinner and, and, and snort coke after the you know breaks or everything. <laughs> You're playing against real guys who want to kill you, and he just doesn't put up the numbers when it comes to game time. So uh, that that's his problem at this point, and he's got all the talent, and he is the three receiver on that Denver offense. But again. Um, they, I mean, if they have to find somebody, if, if Andre uh, Caldwell ends up having to go in there because he can catch the ball and actually play in a game, then they'll throw Caldwell in there because Denver's looking for a Super Bowl. If Latimer's in there and he can't catch the ball, and he's missing blocks, and he's missing assignments, and he's running wrong routes, then, you know, sorry, he's not going to play. And, and that's pretty much Manning's call. Good call. Um, all right, quick. Dog, keep going quick. He's quick is... Um, he was a high riser last year, and it was really coming. Uh, his game was really coming together until he got all of a sudden he got injured in the middle of the year. Now I know people are still worried about in, that injury and stuff, and he isn't quite all the way back yet. But from everything I've heard, he is lighting up practices. He is lighting up defensive backs. He is lighting up all all sorts of defensive looks. And he, if I remember correctly, we were all on his jock when he came out. Oh yeah. Um, First pick of the second round, big, big ups, big upside with that guy. Absolutely, and we, were, and we were big on him last year when he was looking really good in the preseason, and he started to come through as you said. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you throw him; he's the number. He's going to be the number one guy on the Rams. Nick Foles is not terrible. Uh, he's he's not not all that. He's not Sam Bradford, but 
Quick didn't play with Bradford last year. Quick was putting up wide receiver three numbers with crap throwing to him. Now he's got foals. I like his upside. Nice. Dwayne Ball, let's not talk about it. Let's just, just stay that, away. Is that a Cleveland wide receiver? Yeah, just stay away from that, that whole situation. I would. I'll do a quick drop on Kenny Stills, who's sitting in around uh, 55, which in a tier world would come in at about uh, 13, 12. Uh, sitting at wide receiver tier twelve. Well, we've got Kenny Stills and uh, Devontae Parker right back to back there. Well, so one thing I read Miami. today. One thing I read today. Uh, you know, we got a lot. We actually on Twitter and we have a lot of fans and people that love Miami. Uh, so we get a lot of in our timeline. We get a lot of Miami stuff. And basically, what I'm reading is Stills is the, literally the fifth or sixth wide receiver right now on that team. You got Devontae, you got uh, Greg Jennings is getting more play than him. You, um, who, who, who else, uh, obviously? Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry. And Rashard Matthews. Yeah, Matthews. So, Rashard. I was yeah, it, Rashard. It's an yeah. R I R I S H A R D. There is the R. There's so many. I was high on Kenny Stills. Remember, I was a guy talking about coming over. So, I didn't even rank him. In my, in, in, my, yeah. in my latest one. I, yeah, that almost looked like just an, an oversight. I don't, I don't think that you would normally rank um, Andrew Hawkins over uh, Kenny Stills. No, but I... I, where he's I love the way he knows where everyone ranked. Dog yeah. Maddox's like, so, you I, did that earlier. Like, Justin yeah. Hardy? Uh, uh, rookie, know, possibly fifth receiver on Atlanta. You rank him above Stills? All right. So, okay, yeah, I think was, that happens with all of us. So that, but it that's wasn't not necessarily an oversight, though. It's because I had moved him out of where I was having it. And yeah. I, was, I, was, I, and I planned to move him way down because I, I just don't like his avenues there because that's a team that's looking to contend. And if you're not able to come in and all of a sudden be that, now it also kind of makes sense. Why was New Orleans willing to get rid of him? Well, maybe those things are t- kind of ringing true here. Let's find out. Let's go to the next guy and go to Devontae Parker. Is he playing week one? Here's here's the thing, all right, and, and, and it all rolls together. You could talk about all these guys in a group. The guys that haven't practiced and the guys who haven't played, Stills was injured as well, Parker's been injured. Those guys aren't going to start. They aren't going to start for a while they're, they're, until they get up to speed. Greg Jennings is good enough, still good enough, and still smart enough to be able to have a place on that team. Jarvis Landry obviously has a place on that team. Rashard Matthews has been through the ringer and... He's come out, you know, dry on the other end, and he's actually playing well in practice, and they really <laughs> like what's going on. You like that one, huh? That's pretty good. It's it actually works. It does. It, it just really it's, It just comes to me. But I, until Parker and Stills are really infusing themselves into the practices and showing themselves in situations where they could start to be trusted, they're not going to be playing. And it could be three or four weeks into the season until those guys really get into a flow. Parker especially, he's a rookie and doesn't know the offense yet. Hasn't played a single down with them yet. So that's going to take a little bit more time. He may be the second most or even first most talented receiver on that team, but it's going to take a little while. Stills is still uber talented. He really is. He was injured, though, as well, and it's a new team, so it takes a little bit. Uh, since we're already on and we're dealing with all these Miami Dolphins, let's bring Jarvis Landry in, into the situation. Sure. Okay, So we have him uh, collectively at 26, and ranging from as uh, low as 30 and as high as 22. So... Um, you know, I look at Landry now from what I'm watching in the preseason. This guy has got to keep start moving up because it's no longer is he just making the the short seven, eight, nine yard catches. He's actually making plays and he's getting the targets and he's going to be a PPR guy. And now it looks like he could be a yardage guy. Now the thing that I'm curious about is can he be a touchdown guy? 
That's what they're hyping up too. Is he's gonna get mad looks in the end in the red zone. He's gonna be their guy in the red zone. He's gonna be one of their main targets besides maybe Jordan Cameron because he's got those nifty little moves in space and reliable hands. Sounds good to me. You, you, you have you all my numbers wrong, by the way. <laughs> I don't know why it happened, but everything kind of moved down or around. I have him at twenty. Yeah, you, know, you said that the highest oh, was yeah. twenty-two. You must I have to changed the sheet then. I didn't change the sheet. I sent the sheet to you. As is. Either way. What well, I we're on the same team, team, brothers. I didn't see the Yeah, we're on the same team. <laughs> and this is tough. Stags, you got you you have a tough job pulling all this stuff and amen. You do an amazing job with it. I didn't send before this show my most recent. I got one from like three or four days ago. But last night I would land her up about ten spots. Maybe eight spots. And now for me, he's sitting at, at twenty uh twenty seven. Which is a lot higher than I've had him. I love him in PPR. If you're in a PPR, he's amazing. But I think outside of PPR, he's where Tannehill's going. And Period. your point, your point with uh, Parker and having learned the system and get in there and you know, just he's not going to be week one uh, getting a lot of targets. Landry is going to get volume action and it's going to yield fantasy points. Miami's a good team. They're a good offense. They're just all good defense. They're an all-around good team. That's going to mean good things for a lot of offense. By the way, there. Tannehill is really Tannehill's good. Tannehill's really good. Really Miller's good. really good. A lot better than people know. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Romano. <laughs> hey, Romano. Hey, Romano. Hey. <laughs> all right. Let's, all move, right. let's move on. So we're not going to talk about any more... Uh, Dolphins after that, Devontae Parker. Okay, Crabtree, Krabby Patty, and Stevie. Let's do the Stevie Johnson Krabby Patty connection. Uh, Southern California and Northern California. I mean, I'm a little down on Crabtree. He's not doing anything in the preseason. He's getting like one target, one catch. Um, it looks like his explosiveness and his real uh, his real deal. Unless they're just not worried about him at all, it looks it looks worrisome. And you know, I was big big fan of this guy coming out of school and. Even as, as, as much as last year and two years ago, I love this guy. I want him to succeed. The problem here is that uh, on the other side, he's got a better route runner, uh, a guy who can catch the ball better, and a guy who can make things happen with the ball better I once blow, he gets it. I want to blow him later. Okay, so yeah, we will, but that, I mean, that's the major problem with Crabtree. He's the same player, but he's slower, can't catch as well, and can't make anything happen after the catch anymore. It's just... He, he uh, listen. The kids could still play. Don't get me wrong. Crabtree could still play. I think he would be better served in a different system, not just a different system, but on a different team that doesn't have the exact same player but better than him on the other side. <laughs> so you, know? you mean the Montreal Alouettes? Yeah, that, that that would be a perfect situation for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See if. Well, let's move on. Uh, I like that. It's I like Stevie Johnson much, much, much more. more. So he, he's looking way more explosive. Uh, than Crabtree's looking right now. He's looking like he's got a giant connection with uh, Philip Rivers somehow, mm-hmm. and he's looking like he's moving around the formation a lot. And they're I've been trying... saying this for five weeks, guys. This guy was going to be sweet. He was up high for me for weeks and weeks. This guy's legit. He's yeah, going to he, finally actually, come through. He was. I was the only one who had him in the tears back in uh, May. And finally, he jumped on the scene, and Rivers said, this guy is like the most intriguing player we have on the team right now. And and sure enough, it's showing in every single preseason game. The guy can catch everything. He's he's the guy he's going to. Keenan Allen, sure, will still get his, and will probably get his a little more. But Stevie Johnson can't forget what he was doing on Buffalo. I mean, granted, it was the same stats year after year. We talk about it every podcast. 
But, if, I mean, hey, it's not like he got worse or something. He's just going to do the same type of thing there. A little less volume. It'll be t- toned back a little bit. But, wow, I'm a big fan of what he's going to be doing this year. Let's move on to the next guy. And uh, But there's some functions among us. Uh, I don't know. We, we, made bet, we talked about him enough. Uh, we'll see who has a better season. Um, I don't really care. Uh, let's, move <laughs> let's move on to well, Pierre Garçon. I know that he's not going to be on any of my teams just because of David T. Thompson. I don't see any hot from him. All right, it's the only New York accent I've done on this podcast. I've done what? Is that the sixth time I've done it for him? On yep. Mr. Funches? He got to hit 10. Without Kelvin Benjamin, they have nothing. They're going to be depending on a rookie, or they're going to be depending on old man Cotchery, or they're going to be depending on. Uh, a renamed uh, Philly? A renamed Philly Brown, who I actually, I'm not as high on as you are. I do not think that Philly Brown is the next coming. He has had, he's made way it. too many mistakes. Uh, I think they're starting to sour on him a little bit because of the mistakes he's making in practice and in games. I think Ted Ginn actually is the one who benefits the most, strangely, because he has at least speed and he has some dynamicism to his game. It's just that the other guys are so bland. Everybody, You know what those other guys are going to do. Ted Ginn at least has something going for him. They need something going on there. I have a feeling they're going to be picking something up off the waiver wire within this next few days and for maybe sure. turn them into starters. For <laughs> sure. All right, Pierre Garçon and Eddie Royal are on the 49, 50-ish zone. Um, do we need to talk about them? I feel like I'm going to throw Royal. in Alan Hearns with them. Okay. You can't forget what Alan Hearns is, it did last year as a, you know, a little bit. For Jacksonville as an undrafted uh, free uh, undrafted uh, free agent there, um, and he's been showing up in camp. And because Marquise Lee is out, he's been the guy who's been every other you know every down on the opposite side of Allen Robinson. Um, he makes big plays. Uh, he, he's not the most talented guy out there, but he definitely um, will be getting some play in that offense. So you got Pierre Garcon and Eddie Eddie, Eddie Royal. Royal's going to eat up targets. He's just It's just the way it's going to be uh, with Jeffrey, who's been nursing a lot uh, uh, with that injury and stuff. They're bringing him along. Royal's still injured as well. Uh, go ahead, Houdini. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you here because it's just real quick is that Elshon Jeffrey now needed to have Kevin White. He needed to have the protection of a guy with speed. He doesn't have the protection of a guy with speed. He's not going to be able to break away from anybody. It's going to open up all the inside play because Martellus Bennett's going to be the other guy that's going to be the, the major benefactor, and then Eddie Royal is going to be the guy who's the second check down after after Martellus. Absolutely, is and it's going to be check down city because I mean you can't just throw it up to Jeffrey all day long. I mean he'll catch his few here and there, but he's too slow to depend on being a number one who's going to open everything up. Uh, Pierre Garcon, uh, interesting with the Kirk Cousins. Uh, announcement as being the starter this year. Uh, yeah, does that work better? Be- yeah, I mean, basically all of Pierre Garcon's good, real good games came with Kirk Cousins at the helm. Mm-hmm. In week three, nineteen point eight fantasy points when he had eleven catches for thirty eight on sixteen targets, and then uh, he had a pretty good one against uh, Arizona, four for six for thirty one in a touchdown, and then another. Five for six for 87 for 14.7 fantasy points. And then he didn't top double-digit fantasy points in any game that anybody else started besides Kirk Cousins. So if you're sort of high on Pierre Garcon before the week, you got to be a little bit higher now. Is it the same type of situation for Deshaun Jackson? 
When, with the, with his Kirk numbers Cousins. were the same no matter the quarterback. No matter the quarterback. But He's the, the benefit is, yeah. though, for all the rest of the receivers, and the Garcon here in particular, is that because RG3 will not let the play completely develop and he'll break the play and start running. Whereas Kirk Cousins is not looking to run. He's looking to throw the ball. So that's going to give Garcon more opportunities because you're going to have a quarterback that's waiting to try to wait for him to get open. Makes it uh, kind of interesting to see that... Uh, you sound kind of high on him, Stag Party? I hate him. Oh, okay. That's you, I was just saying, if you were high on him, you'd have to be yeah, higher okay. on him. Because you, you I, raise I, I not, the lowest amount. I, I will I'm, not, I'm high on him. I will not have Pierre Garçon on any one of my teams. He's just a guy I hate, and that's it. Well, a guy <laughs> that I love is Val Somewhere over the rainbow, there's another rainbow. I'm I'm high on him because when I look where he's going, I I I like him more than the other wide receivers. It's happened in a number of mocks. It happens in a number of our uh, collective um, expert leagues or what have you. I'm I'm looking. I'm like, geez, I think the upside. And now, like I said, this new news is bigger. So Eric Decker, Rashard Perriman, Michael Floyd. Floyd, I, I, I I'm I'm down I, on. I wanna, let's do. Let's give literally. We gotta start moving, guys. So okay. Here's my question fast. on Perriman because I'm not. I, I love the kid's talent. I love the kid's ability, but he's not playing either. He doesn't play. You know. So I know. That I I'm way lower. I have him way lower than all the you guys. Some of you guys. Where are you having in the 30s and 40s? I'm, I'm like, I just I, I have a problem there because the guy's not playing. If he's not playing, he's not practicing. He's not learning. He's not in, in game speed. And when you're in the, into the season here, Kamar Aiken can make plays, and so it's going to take him. I just worry with Perriman. I've been warning people who have been uh, writing in some questions and stuff too. People who have been asking me these questions. I say I caution you on Perriman. I, I say you can kind of let him go because I think it's going to be. Nothing really happening for the first three weeks at least. So as long as you keep him on your radar and you just want to pick him back up and just wait till till you know after three four weeks when he's going to start to make an emergence, that's fine. But uh, I just don't want to. I don't like it right now. What about Decker? Uh, I think Decker actually makes a little more noise than you think with a Fitzpatrick throwing that ball out there. It's definitely a better situation than Geno Smith. I think that uh, Marshall and Decker. Decker. Actually, was the one in the uh, third preseason game that got the touchdown and had more yards and the same amount of catches as Marshall. I think maybe one less target, but same type of player. You know, I mean, it's not like uh, Decker takes the top off of the world. You know, with his white boy speed, it, it, it just doesn't work that way. Both of them can catch the ball really well, and it's good. You know, they have a somewhat well balanced offense, and without a Jason Morrow for the rest of the year anymore either. Um, those two guys, are, Marshall and Decker, are going to get a little more play. What, what do you guys think about, let's move on to Floyd. I like Michael Floyd a lot more. I think we should all collectively move him up a little bit. Uh, he's going to be back by week one, which is the good news. They've already pretty much stated that they're just going to hold him out for the rest of the preseason now. Uh, the John Brown hype is getting a little too out of control for me. I think if John Brown's eating into anybody's you know, value, he's eating into Larry Fitzgerald's. Uh, Larry's probably just going to end up as a safe, reliable target. But, yeah, this guy averaged the second highest yards per catch in the league last season, and he had a crap quarterback. Are you telling me anybody on that team was any good at throwing the ball after Carson Palmer went down? You're talking about Michael Floyd here? Yeah. I mean, it's throw a dart. You know, that's basically what you're doing with with this kid. He's 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 been basically a one-trick pony. You, you tell me the game where he goes over the middle and catches the eight-yard passes, 
the seven-yard passes and builds up an actual game, then I'll get on his back. Does John, but the Brown, games, like does the, John Brown do that? I think John Brown has more of the ability and the Way want to do, to do it. Than and the want to, to do it. And, 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 you know, look, he was... Ooh, he knew how to bring them into it. I like that. that, that those are both... No one was talking about Brown with you. Those, like were bo- those guys are both one-trick ponies. They just throw screens to John Brown, which they don't throw to Michael Floyd. Okay, so, so that, that really hurts Demarius Thomas too when they throw those screens to him. You know? <laughs> what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, if they threw the, the screens to Floyd, he'd be just as effective. Are they, they going don't? To, but they That's don't because because when they probably run into practice, he's not as effective. John Brown is the type of guy. Look, they found different ways. They were giving him the balls on end arounds and stuff last year. They were just trying to get different ways to find a way to get the ball in this kid's hand because he's electric. And now he's. It had a whole season under his belt. He understands the system, and he'll have Carson Palmer back. It's going to make a huge difference. And another reason for what you're talking about there, which I agree, yes, those wide receiver screens can definitely add up the stats for a team. Michael Floyd's a much better blocker. All right, he's an animal out there, as a matter of fact. When he gets out into that secondary, he buries people. He's, a, he's that kind of an animal out there. John Brown ain't going to do that. And he's never going to do that. So they use John Brown for what he's good at, and they use Floyd for what he's good at. And that's exactly the way they, they should run their offense. And I do not think that Larry Fitzgerald's going to be an afterthought in this offense. I think he's going to be dependent on for one more year, and I think it's going to work with him and Carson this year. I'm going to catch us up about, I'm going to do 10 guys in 25 seconds. Sorry. If you really want to talk do about it. something, dive in. Next guy, Marcus Wheaton. Like him, obviously think it's going to be a lot of targets happening for them, for him, especially with uh, Bryant out. We'll see. I probably like him more than the rest of us. You're high, high or low, but the guy's going to get some volume. at least. He's just not going to score touchdowns. At least for the first half of the season. And now we're going to talk about Tier 10, the question marks. Wow. Uh, all I'll say is Brandon LaFell, I'm worried about the whole team, the whole team uh, with the Patriots. I just don't know what to think of the wide receiver crew. Brady out, Brady in. LaFell, I'm scared to grab him where he's going. I have a sneaky suspicion that he's going to be put on the pup list. I think he might miss those first six games. In fact, he hasn't caught a ball yet. He hasn't been in practice. He hasn't been in any of the games yet. They signed Reggie Wayne for a reason. Um, I think LaFell's going to miss those first six games. And to be quite honest, um, yeah, he, he filled his role well last year. But if you remember, I mean, he wasn't, you know, all that in a bag of pucks, you know, back on Carolina. I'm not that impressed with him anyway, so whatever. He's been a career underachiever, but he did a great job filling into the role that they needed him to uh, for Brady last year, and he became a trustworthy receiver. So the thing is, when he comes back, I think that his role is not going to get lost if from injury. You know, I think that he still has a chance that he'll be given the chance to, to, to play. Unless, you know, as we talked about with all these other guys before, with Amendola with the Julian Edelman injury and, and, and Reggie Wayne, you know, if LaFell is not able to go, that, that these guys, I don't, I don't see any of those guys really setting the entire world on fire that's going to keep Brandon LaFell from having a job when he comes back. No, I agree. He's definitely going to have that job when he comes back. I think Wayne will go back to, a, you know, some sort of third receiver or whatever, maybe come in and spell LaFell or whatever here and there, but it's six. It's always been six to one, half a dozen to the other with this team. It's the roles that you fill. The problem here with the Patriots over the next week is the fact that they have Brady's suspension looming. Who knows what's going to happen there? They have Blount suspended for that first game. 
to fit this down into 53 players over the next week, they have to seriously consider certain things. Do you put LaFell on the pup list so you can get an extra guy uh, on that actual team? Or do you think that you're okay with having him maybe miss the first couple few weeks because of his injury and eventually get him start playing? Well, don't I don't you think know. with the addition of Wayne that they will put him on the pup? That would be that that's, would be what I would think. Here's the thing. If he ends up on the pup in a redraft league, he's not a guy I'm like waiting around for. I'm not going to wait six weeks for Brandon LaFell to get on my squad <laughs> no. and put up numbers. So, yeah, right around week four, I might take a look at him in the waiver wire. Uh, four week seven fill-in or something. But until then, you know, they've got an early bye week too, so I guess it'll be a week later than that. But uh, he's not a guy I'm going to wait around for. I'll tell you what, though. If I'm if I'm at my last pick of the draft, if he's still sitting there, if I'm, I'm looking in the 15th, 14th, 15th, 16th round with what potential he could have and when he comes back... If Brady is suspended, his suspension will be over too. I don't mind taking a shot at him at the end there. I like Amandola, Amandola in that situation a lot more. I like Justin Blackman. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Jerry kidding. Rice Jr. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally kidding. All right, let's go to the next guy, and that's um, Mike Wallace sitting there in this question mark zone as well. Uh, early 40s. Um, what are your thoughts uh, with him in the new uni? You know what? Again, I believe it's Charles Johnson is the guy who is the bona fide number one, but but Wallace is going to have his role in the offense, and you know they are going to they're going to take. I think he kind of reverts back a little bit more to being the guy who gets the deep shots. You know that's really what they wanted to try to do in Miami. There's this Tannehill can never connect with him on a deep pass. I think that Bridgewater is going to do that, but I think the benefit for Wallace is that. He's never going to have that those huge huge games. I just those are not going to happen. He has improved his route tree, and and he can and he can make some of those other plays now. But he's not going to be called on to do it a lot in the offense. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that Miami was a very different squad. Minnesota, I think, is a lot more like the Pittsburgh squad. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more weapons, which leads him going deeper and getting those shots down the field. Miami, not a lot of teams were that scared of Lamar Miller last year, and they didn't use Lamar Miller a whole lot last year. They weren't scared of the deep ball um, at all out of Tannehill either. This year, they're going to be scared a little bit more. I think Wallace gets a little more play on that deep pass, but it'll be fewer and farther between with the big games for him. All right, let's let's talk about uh, Victor Cruz. Is he playing Week One? Uh, it's up in the air right now. Totally it's, up in the it's air. It's not looking good, and this is why I've, I'm kind of a guy that will also have in this Ruben Randall in this question mark yeah. tier. You know, he's the guy. Torrey Smith, then Ruben Randall. Ruben Randall's guy is moving up for me. You know, because of this Victor Cruz situation, it's just it's opportunity. Well, what's Ruben Randall doing? He's got knee tendonitis. I know, yeah. but, he, but he's, he's chilling out. But he, but he still has a better chance of coming back than from where Victor Cruz is right now. Yeah. yeah. I can't disagree with you. And I've always like liked Ruben Randall more this offseason. The news off patellar tendon tears are just you know not good. Guys never really returned the same sort of strength as they, you know, they left before the injury. And I just don't know how they're going to work Victor Cruz in, how slow they're going to work him back. You know what kind of role he's going to have early in the season, so I, I'm very worried about Victor Cruz. He's not a guy who's going to be on any of my teams at his ADP of wide receiver 35. Well, I mean, we're going to be talking about Ruben Randall, Randall here in a second, anyway. So we might as well continue with this Giants offense. I am scared. 
I am thoroughly scared of this offense at this point. I do not believe that Odell Beckham is going to make it through the entire year. It, he's, a, he's got a target on his back, and I've said it every podcast, he's the biggest asshole in the league right now. And everyone not wants a, to kick not his Not even ass. close. Not no, even but you know what I think it is? the biggest asshole in the league. I, really? We don't need to talk about Really. I don't think so either, but I think what it is is this. He's, gonna be, he's getting frustrated. And what he is is a ticking time bomb. That How big that time bomb is, we'll find out when it, when it explodes. But I don't think it's the biggest in the league, and I don't think it's that. Did you see the catch he made the other night? He's sick, dude. Did you see the stiff arm he gave to Revis Island and just knocked Revis Island? Boom! The kink! This guy is ridiculous. Okay, every time a defender hits him, he gets up and he starts yelling at him like he shouldn't have hit him or something. He shouldn't have hit him that hard. Believe me, defenders are going to be going for this guy. No, there and I, that's what I mean by biggest asshole in the league. Is because he. When I say asshole, I mean idiot. You don't <laughs> yell at defenders when they hit you. That's their job. They're paid to hit you. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, but that's going to happen. And now, you yelling at them, it's going to happen more, and it's going to happen harder. And the guy's had trouble staying healthy as is throughout his entire you know, playing career, not just NFL, but college as well. So I'm a little worried about that situation along with Cruz, and along with Randall, along with Jennings, along with Vereen, along with every single player on that team, to be quite honest. Uh, Larry Donnell, everybody is injury prone except for Eli Manning. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say. You know, there's the Madden curse. Guys get injured, and he was on Madden. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm not even worried about that part. I'm worried about the head and shoulders curse. What's that, that one? That, he's now <laughs> the head and shoulders Polo. guy. Yeah. Toy Palomalo. Right uh-huh. when you saw those wavy locks in the locker room That's with right. hand yeah. shots, his career went down the drain. Mm. So I'm calling it. There's a new Madden curse, and it's the head and shoulders curse. He got you know, he's going to get rid of his frosted tips. He's not. He's going to be. He's going to have shaved head. He's like, yeah. I, I can't do this commercial anymore. I'm just for men gel. He's dancer free, but his career's down the drain. Exactly. So you heard it here first. So another guy in this sort of question mark tier is Tory Smith. Is he going to either be able to catch the deep ball like he did early in his career, or is he going to be you know a red zone dominator like he was sort of last year? And that's a major question. And then there's the quarterback question and the offense question. And the Colin Kaepernick having an arm question. And their right guard is apparently like the worst player in the history of football. Let me, let me, start, let me start with the first two. Is he going to return to being a deep threat receiver like he was with Baltimore? No. Maybe. I don't think so. Is he going to be the red zone threat that he was last year? No, I don't think so. It, it, here's my reasoning, and, and they're both the same one. It's Colin Kaepernick. The simple fact is we have never seen him throw the deep ball because he's never really had the deep threat target. They tried Quentin Penn. They tried A.J. Jenkins. They tried all these different players in there. None of them have worked. And the other thing is that the person that was throwing the deep passes to Torrey Smith when he was in Baltimore was a guy that was fantastic at throwing the deep ball and had one of the biggest arms when he came out of college in Joe Flacco. Still is one of the best. Right. So that's that's a special thing. Flacco still is the best. And Flacco is also a Super Bowl winning quarterback that is a much better quarterback than he gets credit for because based on them having been a run-oriented team throughout the most of the time that he's been there. Better under pressure, that's for sure. Absolutely. Kaepernick can throw the shit out of the ball, though. 
He can. It's not like he can't he, throw it long. But he can throw it here and he can throw it there. Exactly. He never does really throw it on target all that often. But he can extend a play, which will definitely help Torrey a little bit. And the 49ers will be behind a lot, which means they're going to throw it. That's the best part for him, I think, is if, if, if Kaepernick extends the plays but looks to pass, I worry that he's just going to look to run with with what you're saying. He's got a on lot the offensive line. Everything that happens with Kaepernick and the 49ers offense is predicated on Kaepernick learning how to throw. The deep ball, an accurate pass, something across, learning how to throw. That is not, if that has not happened, then everyone in its wake is totally effed. Niners True. fans, the team, the wide receivers, fantasy football, and it's just, it, it's as simple as that. True if, Kurt, if Kurt Warner couldn't get this guy's arm in, in action, then uh, we're effed. Stats, yeah. this is tier nine. It. Talk to me, buddy. Tier 9 is like a tier of 8 guys, right? It's like the 30s. Like your low-end wide receiver 3s, uh, plug-and-play options at flex. Uh, and, you know, the lowest guy in the tier is Larry Fitzgerald. Then it goes to Kendall Wright, Anquan Bolden, John Brown, Terrence Williams, then Vincent Jackson, uh, Julian Edelman, Roddy White, and Steve Smith Sr. Because he is retiring old as balls. I mean, this tier is a bunch of old guys and a couple deep threats. <laughs> well, but young deep threats. And I mean, the best guess. slot receiver in the game when he's healthy, I guess, maybe. Enjoying that. Old guy. Well, <laughs> well there's, there's, but there's your, you have a little run there Older with uh, John Brown, Terrence Williams, and Julian Edelman. So you have that, that, that three-guy oasis in between the old man on every side of you. They're the old man island oasis there. And then Kendall Wright, who's the man, just period. Yeah, I, listen, there's some hidden gems in here, to be quite honest. So this, um, I, I, I really believe that. I think that Kendall Wright is going to be the number one for a, a, a really good up-and-coming quarterback on a team that's going to be passing uh, quite a bit in, in Tennessee. Um, Wright has all this untapped potential that might just be tapped this year, finally because he has an actual QB. Um, I think that Steve Smith in that system, especially with Perriman, Rashad Perriman uh, being out, he's gonna. I mean, he's gonna get every pass that Brandon Marshall got in in that Trustman system, and every pass that Alshon Jeffrey got in that system. The guy's gonna have 746 targets and make 17. Uh, no, that's wrong. It's 846 targets. And more like 246 catches. That's what's going to happen in that offense for Steve Smith. Um, not really, but I have ranked a lot higher than you guys do, actually. Uh, the numbers are wrong here again. But I, I have ranked a lot higher. It's the system. System, system, system makes such a difference uh, w- with a guy like this at this point. He said it's his last year. Guys who say it's their last year go all out. Steve Smith always goes all out anyway. I can't wait to see him go berserk on the field. It's going to be fun to watch. Anybody who gets him is going to get him later than he should actually go in your draft, and you're going to be extremely happy about it. I I like Steve Smith, especially with the news on Rashad Perryman for me. That's the the reason why he vaults up my, uh, my boards. So I, I really like his opportunity again. I watch him in preseason. He still makes the big plays. He's still got all the attitude in the world. That's fantastic. When I look at the other guys in this in this tier here, you know the guys that stand out to me. I am the Terrence Williams supporter. And did you see the sixty yard touchdown that he had against Minnesota? Without Des Bryant, fine. But you want to know what the fact is? If you watch that play, it's him cutting across the field. It's 
It's Tony Romo having a wide open Jason Witten in the flat, recognizing Terrence Williams. And, and it's the thing that, again, I mention it all the time. Terrence Williams is a guy that catches touchdowns. He makes touchdowns. He, just, he makes big plays. So why not, is having Des Bryant on the other side, drawing double coverage, and you being able to make big plays going against inferior defenders a bad thing? Well, the, the, the one detractor on, uh, on this one that I will say is, listen, I, he's actually moving up my boards. Um, so I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit more on board with the situation. It's the running game. And I think that the big part of the reason why he was able to get that many touchdowns last year is because defenses had to concentrate on that running game because that offensive line with DeMarco Murray and Des Bryant, which leaves him basically open every single play. Yeah, but you're still going to be double teaming Des Bryant when you're in the red zone. And the fact remains is that he has got great size and ability to make plays in the red zone. So... I don't think that that decreases. You take away DeMarco Murray, who scored how many touchdowns last year? Yeah. Those touchdowns have to go somewhere else now. So those become more opportunities. That's all I'm saying. True. No, so let, me move on, let me move on to another guy that I that I like in, in this uh, tier here. John Brown. I know we talked about it earlier, but it's like this to me is really where you're going to start to see how they envisioned him when they drafted him. And it's a, a lot of times with these, with these speedy guys and – it takes time, and it also got stunted when you have Drew Stanton that was throwing you the football last year. So you had a guy that couldn't make the throws. You had a team that was floundering trying to figure out whatever their identity was on offense, and they couldn't figure it out because they just didn't have competency to go along with that amazing defense. Well, now you've got Carson Palmer, who looks fantastic in the preseason. He's doing everything that you said, dog, that he was going to do. And he and he's another guy that's moved up my tears, Carson Palmer. Mine too. And so, again, we talked about it earlier, just the, the ability and wanting to get this guy the ball in space. I, If I'm drafting in this in this range, I want to draft Terrence Williams. I want to draft John Brown. I want to draft... Kendall Wright, I'm not as sold on about having a great quarterback. I, I, I just don't... Know how much I trust Marcus Mariota until we get into the real games and he starts playing against some tougher defenses than what he's faced so far in the preseason. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, the one thing I do want to say on John Brown. Last year, he was doing it in the preseason with the second team and the third team. And it was amazing to watch. Yeah. Everybody's like, wow, that's awesome. But it's with the second team and the third team and stuff. This year, he's doing the same thing, but it's with the first team. Michael Floyd isn't even playing. He's doing it with the first team and he's doing it consistently. And you could see that he can beat first-teamers, first-team defenses, over and over and over. And now he's got the quarterback working with him over and over and over. This guy is the real deal, period. It's intangible, you said. It's something that you can't teach. He's got speed. Yeah. You and just can't, you can't he teach He made him. a beautiful catch, long, nice 36-yard pass on uh, the, the last the game on Sunday against the Raiders. He lives with Palmer. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Palmer again today. Or maybe it was yesterday. Was saying I expect special things. This guy's a rare breed. I think his body and his size might hurt him a little bit. But let's be honest, he, he he's got every opportunity to do some great things, and he did it in his rookie year last year. He does have a sizable, a small sample size of doing some amazing things. He made some amazing plays and had some fantasy points last year. 
And that was with the worst quarterbacks around. Wally probably also did some things with Palmer. While they also stressed him out by actually increasing his role and putting extra pressure on him to do things that he wasn't prepared to do in the offense at the time. And kudos to the kid for seeing his shortcoming, which was his size, and bulking up and keeping the speed along with it. That's impressive. The one thing I will say with Fitzgerald, and I'm a big Fitzgerald lover, no, you know, first pyro character we ever did. Love that freaking guy. He does look a little bit lumbering, a little older, a little. He just looks a little older. It doesn't, yeah, he does. Those, those hands don't slower. look as good. Everything's just, and that's normal. Not to knock on him. It's age, baby. Bring it, bring it, rear in the new decade of player, and that's John Brown. There's that still, team. there's something to be said about dependency. Uh, the, the guy is as dependent as you. I mean. Dependable as you can find in this league, and Palmer's still going to use that. Palmer's an old fella too. They're, those guys are still going to be hooking up just fine throughout the year. Believe me, Larry's going to be that guy over the middle when he's needed. I worry though because the one thing that I do notice, if you talk about like the big wide receivers, like one of your other favorite guys, Randy Moss. Remember how effective Randy Moss was from one year, and then all of a sudden it just it fell apart. And it's I feel like I've been watching this deterioration happen with. Um, uh, 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 Fitzgerald over the last two or three years, you know, it, it's been even longer than that. Yeah, it, yeah. it's like I kind of see him as being that guy, like that, uh, like uh, in iRobot or whatever. It's like uh, it's like Will Fel- <laughs> Will Smith. I go to Will Smith and went con- concussion earlier. So where he's sticking his hand through, like you see, like the the the, the arm starts to deteriorate. That's just kind of like his skills are just like deteriorating. His catch up, like his skills is peeling off of his body as he's reaching for a pass. And that's why the ball slips through his fingers because the fingers. Holy are Christ! Apart. I want some of what he's having. Yes, yes. That would be a old Rasputin. Nice. Give it to us. I'm thinking more Raiders of the Lost Ark, where the guy's face yeah. and everything starts melting off of him. That's a better reference. Okay, well that too. But I like that, I'm drinking Fist City, the Chicago Pale Ale from Revolution Brewery. Good times all around there. I'm going to give you a nice little bow. One thing that we... These are my words, Mother. From Army. The seal is for marksmanship. And the gorilla is for sand racing. (laughs) One thing I'll say is we decided because we went really long and we're still really long into this show, we're still in wide receivers, we're going to bundle this uh, Collective Tears round into two different podcasts. We're going to do in this show, wide receivers and quarterbacks. And then this weekend, we're going to knock out the uh, running backs and the tight ends. Sorry for that. We just we don't want to rush through the show. And we want to give you the good goo. And we want to really go in depth and not feel like we want to move through this. So that's just the decision we made. And um, the fact is, I think the important, more important guys that we can talk about on the show right now for you are these deeper, these, these 70 through 40 guys, I think that's the more important information that's going to really change your, your the, the landscape of your team. So, just putting that out there so you know, so if you're listening, you're like, how are they going to get through all these positions in the next hour and a half? Yeah, like, well, this might be the longest one ever. Because if, if we were doing the regular one, you would have looked at the minutes and it would have said 428 minutes. We've tried to get there. We've tried to get there. All right, let's we go on. We wanted to use all of our time with our, our posting in one episode. Right. <laughs> did, did we talk about Edelman in this yet? Well, you could, yeah. we could bring him up in there a little bit more if you've got something to say. i got nothing to say. I'm not, I'm not a big fan. I love him as a player, but I think uh, he's going to be overdrafted, career year everywhere. 
He is definitely the bona fide. You will not get what you think you're going to get out of Edelman this year. I don't know. You got the same thing two years in a row. Exactly. He's not playing, dude. Yeah, that's true. He's, He's got to get back on the field. If he, was playing, if he was playing, I'm in a different deal. But it just feels like Bel- Belichick's just like, yeah, thanks for that championship. We're going to take who we got. And when you come back, things will be good. But... Again, like you say, in a redraft, I'm not waiting around for Edelman. I'm not waiting around for LaFell. And the the thing is, too, is that with Belichick, he rolls with who he's got. And, you know, Edelman does have a guy that could potentially take his spot in Amendola if Amendola comes up in there and sets the world on fire. You know, and again, that's what Doug said. It's true. When they when they brought Amendola in, they thought he was going to be the guy. They didn't think Edelman was going to reemerge and take the spot. They were bringing him in there to, to be the guy. No question about it. All right, let's go. That next tier is going to be, what is that, tier 8 stag party? Uh, I think it's like tier tier 8.5. Yeah, maybe. Jeremy Macklin's in his own tier, much higher than the rest of these guys. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, just so you know, I moved I moved to Macklin up. Here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I moved him oh, up. boy, yeah. yeah he's, well, Vincent he's Jackson top 30 was now, he in the, the last one? He was, Vincent Jackson was in the last year. He was tier. in the last year. Okay. Uh, you, there's dissenting information on how we feel about Vincent Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Moe's really high on Vincent Jackson. I just don't think that Moe sits back and takes into account if he's got Mike Evans as a top 10 receiver. And he's got ASJ as a top 15 tight end. And he's got uh, uh, Vincent Jackson as a top 18 wide receiver. Mm. And, you know, Charles Sims is a top guy. And then how how you kind of take all this, and then you have a quarterback 22 or 24. I agree. I asked him. I'm like, you got two guys on Tampa Bay over Texas uh, this week, last week. And I'm like, you got two guys in the top 20. He's like, I love them. I kind of agree. And especially, let's not... To each his own. There ain't no right until the season's uh, done and the, the stats have been cemented in. The fact is, that offense looks terrible. On like, and off. They look good at home, and they look terrible. Terrible last week. Terrible. So, their I last ex- game was atrocious. I expect them to look inconsistent throughout the year. That's That was never my expectation. Now, I have Mike Evans high. We are all in agreement that I have him higher than anybody else, and I understand but in conjunction, I have Vincent Jackson low. I have him at 42. I, I I think once the season starts, I really just think that Jameis is really going to rely hard on, on Mike Evans because Mike Evans is just going to make plays for him. Evans hurt. I know he's hurt. He's got the hand right now. They're giving him the rest. We hate the hammy. I do. I'm, I'm the ultimate <laughs> hater of the hammy, but at the same time. Don't don't get, don't get be lured in. You got like some hot punani, and you just can't wait to get back. I felt like I was stealing him in the fourth round, though. I drafted him in the fourth. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh wow, that makes sense. There you go. That's steal. Sure. Yeah, but uh, the thing is, you you know what a rookie quarterback is going to do? A rookie quarterback is maxed out. His stats are what his stats are going to be. He's never going to throw more than like twenty-three or twenty-four touchdowns. Oh, and most like like, and he's not going to throw for more than four thousand passing yards. It's thirty-two hundred, thirty-four hundred. I mean, these are just the ultimate caps. You know what they're going to be because rookie quarterbacks have always fit into those. Even the Andrew Lux and Russell Wilsons, great, great season one, RG three season. Those are what the numbers were. And that's what they will continue to, to be, even if it is more of a passing league. It was still a passing league when Andrew Luck came in. Which he's had the greatest rookie season of all time. See, but that's exactly why 
If you have Mike Evans high, you have to have Vincent Jackson low. You can't have them both up there. It's a, it's a, it's a literal impossibility for <laughs> J- J- Jameis Winston to be a rookie quarterback and have two wide receivers in the top 20. It's just not possible. Mike Evans will be there, and to be honest, I don't think that Hammy is that big of a deal. I really don't. I know that hammies are a big deal normally, but I think that they they kind of threw this one out there a little bit more than should be, you didn't and I see, don't think it's that big of a deal. You but, didn't see him come out of the game because he was running and, and pulling on his on his hamstring. No. He, he tweaked a little something. He told them about it, and they said you're they done. were being very cautious. They said, well, they should be. Well, then you're done. Yep. And you know what? You're not going to play anymore. We're going to rest you for practice because you know what? We know who you are. Yeah. So... Yeah. That's what you do. You you treat those guys with kid gloves. You say, you felt the tweak? Okay, take it easy. We'll give you the extra time. And the benefit is that this season is starting later. So he, I think he's going to be and fine, And they got other guys to look at anyway. Right. So. so that was a little, that was a smaller tier right there. Stags, what do we got going on? It's tier eight. Valverde. <laughs> Everyone's laughing and riding and cornholing except Buster. <laughs> The next one, we got another little small tier of about five guys that is like a high-end, high, high-end wide receiver three. Uh, the guys in that tier are Jeremy Macklin, uh, Martavis Bryant after the suspension, uh, Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, and Allen Robinson. All, you know, semi-younger guys uh, coming off. Most of them are on their rookie contracts, except for uh, Jeremy Macklin, who got paid and... You know, a couple guys just admitted that Jeremy Macklin are coming around. What about the rest of you? I'm I'm with Macklin coming around a little bit. Um, I think I might have him slightly. I don't know. I got him at 31. So I mean, he's right there, uh, right on the wide receiver three cusp. I, I agree. It's the the chief system that brings him down a little bit. I've always loved Macklin though. As a receiver, I've always loved him. It's just the system, and systems make a huge difference when it comes to fantasy statistics, period. So his top side is maxed, uh, and he will max it out. It'll do as good as you can do in that system. That's fine, but that is wide receiver three territory. And the problem is is that once it gets down to real game time, the problem for me is I have a 29, is I look at it's check down Charlie. Check down Charlie, Alex Smith. Is, is not a guy that usually will sit there and wait in the pocket long enough and be willing to take the shot. That's the problem. He may wait in the pocket, but he's not willing to take the shot. He always looks, and then he, and then he will come down. Now, Macklin, by far, has a lot more speed than Dwayne Bowe and anyone else that he had that was out there before. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, throughout this guy's 11- or 12-year career, whatever it's been now for Alex Smith, he's just still no matter who he's had, has never been willing to really take the shots downfield. And I think that that's kind of in his DNA, and I just don't really see that changing. And the last point I'll make is, it's back to Andy Reid. Andy Reid had him when he had him in Philadelphia. I think as, as, as I think we talked about way back in the beginning of, of the offseason that you and I, dog, believe that he's just going to go back to what he was, which is a good receiver, 980, maybe close to 1,000 yards, um, but he's not going to be the touchdown machine that he was in Chip Kelly's offense. Agreed. I agree with you on some factors there. It's not like I'm projecting him for the 10 touchdowns he got last season. Uh, I'm definitely not doing that. I'm not projecting him to be a top 10 wide receiver. I just think 
in a Andy Reid offense, has there ever been, and a checkdown offense, which you just called it, has there ever been a yak guy on the outside as good as Jeremy Macklin on no. the Chiefs? No, for so, sure not. So, Dwayne Bowe. Uh, I got one. Terrell. Terrell. Yeah, <laughs> an Andy Reid offense. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, an Andy Reid, yeah. Going all the way Chiefs. back there. That's yeah. fair. Okay. okay, Andy Reid with the you Chiefs. You were just a young child. I, I do guy. remember the T.O. years. Not that young. Uh, you but, know, I love the way, that, I still love the way you know, like Vidal Sassoon and some of these like nice little shaving cream. What was it? Aquavelta. Aquavelta. So, yeah, I just think his ability to make <laughs> things happen after he catches the ball is so much more than anything they've had in the offense. And th- th- their willingness to move him around the formation, to the backfield, to the slot, to the outside. You know, just moving him around and getting him in motion and letting him use his athleticism for his size in the open field is going to be a great thing. I definitely have a question for you then because you were just talking about it with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So with as high as you have Travis Kelsey and as high <laughs> as you have Jeremy Macklin... I have nobody else catching passes there. And Those are my projections. Jamal Charles isn't going to catch a lot of passes there. No. So you, Alex Smith is, Why you should he? probably be around, what, 12 or 13 feet? No, 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 no. You can still, what does he need to get? He needs to get, Sorry, dude, he needs to get 24 uh, touchdowns, right? He needs to get 24 touchdowns and 3,200 passing yards, which is like his career norms. So I have Kelsey for 807. And then I have Macklin for like 10, 50, and 7. And then Jamal hey, Charles. Hey, Romano. You want to replay that? I can hear it. Hey, Romano. Hey, Romano? Hey, Romano. Hey, hey Romano. Hey, brother. I, so I have it spread out. Conversation. I have it spread out. And I don't think Kelsey's going to set the world on fire. I just think everybody's taking a step back at the tight end position. Uh, I don't think so. Where are you trying to lock in a Kelsey at this point? Sixth round, fifth, sixth round. Okay, okay, right on. When we were doing some stuff earlier in the season, you were super high on him. But I, okay, amen. I, yeah, I, amen. I never said I would draft him higher than the fifth round. That that's my one caveat. You're right. That was my one caveat. Do not draft him higher than. You're right. You're and right. he has gone higher than that He's in the drafts. To go. Yeah. In the drafts I've been in, and I've been disappointed. But it's been like, hey. I'll just grab, you know, Delaney Walker in the 12th. One thing I'll do is a quick pyro promo. Pyro Pro is out. We haven't been promoting it super hard on the podcast or on the site because we've been working through some registration issues and processes. But go sign up for it. I'm not going to talk it up too much. But Stag Party did a Kelsey uh, news feed today where if anybody that has Kelsey as one of the players in their Pyro Pro dashboard is going to get this news feed that says, hey, the, the ankle injury isn't as bad as, as, as you might have thought. And Pyro Pro is where it's at. Check this thing out. 40 bucks for the year. You can do $10 for the month. You can do $5 for the week and uh, give us a test and see if you like it or not. Check it out. That's all I'm going to say about it. Go to our website and check out the op-ed piece that describes it more. If you have more questions about it, reach out to me directly or us directly through the website and we'll tell you more. Oh my god! We're having a fire sale! Oh, the burning! It burns me! Evacuate all the school children! Oh, maybe This isn't a fever! Zing, Greg! Can't even see where the knob is! Ugh.
end scene. <laughs> Alrighty then. Pyro and Amazing Grace match into one. Speaking well, of somebody who lights, who likes to ever. light fires to light his blunts, Martavis Bryant got suspended for four games, and you know you had to knock him down a little bit. But his weekly upside is still through the roof. It is still a week by week game, and he is a guy who can win you weeks and win you preseason weeks with. Three catches for 138 yards yeah. and a tutty. <laughs> He's been the best receiver in the preseason. I I I can think that's, that's Mike Vick's first pass, so 60 yard bomb. bomb. <laughs> but the other thing is, he's, he's there's an appeal. I have a, a his a, appeal was already yeah, rejected. Was it? Was it? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Soldiers are always hopeful for When you're at Retina's news feeds, you know <laughs> When that. you're at the lake for the weekend, you miss out on the good news because you get no service where you are. I love it that if, if, if the guy had like roofied a girl, like, hey, he didn't get it. He's not eligible, right? But when it's weed, you're like, he, he they let him, they're letting him play, right? <laughs> Speaking of which, I love your uh, Gronkowski, Bill Cosby. <laughs> Uh, picture <laughs> Chris Resendez. I'm giving him all the credit. Oh my, He's my god! On Facebook, you put that up. This shit was hilarious. I I'm like posting it. Died <laughs> laughing. Died. I, I'm like the the look on Cosby's face with the pill in the hand and the That's big good. glass. Oh, Check man. us out. Facebook.com Pyromaniac. Irreverent. Um, do it up. Having a good time there. For I sure. just decided I'm, I'm drafting Alex Smith this year. <laughs> That's like, forget your Sam Bradford love. It's yeah, not on Alex it's Smith. Not Alex Smith. I love it. Not Let's that keep, high. Not keep, that high. Keep going. So Martavis, I mean, I still just love his weekly upside, and I'm still going to draft him much, much higher than Marcus Wheaton. I just think when he gets out there, he's going to make big plays. He's going to score touchdowns, and he's going to you know catch a bomb or two, and you know he's going to be looked for. And what is he going to do? He's going to win you fantasy weeks. And he's going to win you the weeks when it matters. You know, I still have him, I think, at 21. I, 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 I had him up at 16. I had him up at maybe at 14 or something, I think, at one point. The four-game suspension only could get me to move him that far down because I just look at game potential. Because, sure, I may have to draft him in this spot, but again, D-Rex, you already mentioned earlier, you drafted Percy Harvin in the fourth round last year. So who's why, why can't you draft in the fourth or fifth round if he's sitting there a Martavis Bryant and everyone may laugh at you and, oh, you're ruining and throwing away your season. You don't know who your head-to-head matchup's going to be. You don't know how everything's going to play out. But if you know that once Martavis comes in and he's 100% healthy and he's chopping at the bit to get in there and he's going to do what he's been doing in the preseason, just start. Because there's one thing that he can do again that you can't stop. He can run faster than you. Bigger. And he gets behind you, and he's bigger than you. And he's, yeah. he's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. Here's the one thing I'll say, not to be an naysayer, and I agree with you. Anybody's picking him over Wheaton. No one's. Oh, yeah. No one's drafting Wheaton over Martavis Bryant. Nah, it's it's just it's, it's a value. It's a value correlation. It's like you're, you're going earlier. You can wait around and maybe you get something great. People out of have Wheaton asked us that question. Should yeah. I draft Wheaton? Yeah, no, no. no. Say, no that's not, not necessary. And you guys There's going to be a like lot of people who will be drafting Wheaton in their drafts ahead of Bryant simply because <sighs> of that. It's a mistake. So. I don't think oh, so. I know that there will. All right. Well, those people don't be those people. But yeah, exactly. That's what we're telling you. Don't be those people. The one thing I will say about this is. And this goes back to Josh Gordon. And I'm not saying, you know, the, the reason why he slipped and he had all those measurables that Clemson and all the stuff we talked about, 
could this guy just, he's only lost four games, but this is a guy that when he comes back, Justin Blackman, the guy you mentioned earlier, has done this. Is this a guy that, if you do go in the fourth round, I'm just trying to temper expectations, that this guy could be suspended for the rest of the year because he really likes weed. He's had marijuana issues throughout. He's, he's gotten suspended. This could be an issue. I'm staying away for that thing. reason. Here's the thing. Pittsburgh knew about this in the spring. They knew about this early. I think it was March or April, when the, it, which is when this actually happened, when the, the, the drug testing went down and he got busted for it. The thing is, is that you, what you don't look at is, you don't look at what Pittsburgh did. You look at what Martavis did. And what Martavis did after that was he worked his ass off. Mm-hmm. He started to uh, get his body exactly right where he wanted it to be. He started to work on his routes. He started to work on his conditioning. And he got to be a better player and learned from him, his mistake. And he appealed, rightfully, he's fine, I'm fine with him appealing and saying, listen, I've done all this, and he was hoping for the best. They weren't going to overturn the four-game suspension, it is what it is, but he's going to take it like a man, he's he's done everything he can to put himself in a good position uh, for the future, and the Pittsburgh knows it too. They knew that the, he, he was going to be gone for those four games, and they put Wheaton in the position to be that second guy for those first four games. They know what they have with Bryant. It's not like they're putting Bryant on the back burner and saying, oh, well, he's done. It's not like he's, you know, he's our next Josh Gordon. Forget it. Believe me, he's going to be there in the end, and Pittsburgh knows it. Isn't this the exact same thing Josh Gordon did when he got suspended for that second half of the season? Worked his butt off, got it, then was suspended another two games, then came back and exploded because he had worked so hard and he had worked his way and said, I'm doing this, I'm going for the contract. And then relapse later. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that Martavis Brown guaranteed is going to be. It's going to happen again this year. But shouldn't a, a dynasty owner? Shouldn't be people be scared that when he does get his money, if he does come back in week four or week five and explodes and dominates like he did that in you know nine, twelve games, whatever, and he lights it up. That's when you worry because he's like, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm going to smoke weed again. If you're a dynasty guy, <laughs> yes. If you're a dynasty guy, yes, you absolutely worry about that. But at the same time, when you're playing in dynasty, you're playing to win. He's a guy that can help you to win in that particular year. So you have to overlook it because special talents like that are just special talents. Now, isn't it also interesting that Pittsburgh has become the chronic central for, for the NFL? Like, if you were to smoke <laughs> weed, I didn't realize that Pittsburgh was the weed destination for, 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 all, for, for everybody out there. Great lighting. Now, the other thing I'll say is it also <laughs> makes a lot of sense with you saying that it was known in, in March or April that this was going to happen. Now everyone's wondering why Pittsburgh had Marcus Wheaton as the number two on their depth chart because they knew they were going to lose Bartavis Bryant. And the last thing I'll say is I'm surprised that, I, that, that this uh, appeal was rejected because... You look at, at, at Jay Ratliff and, and his appeal that lasted two years before he actually got suspended. You have this whole thing with Deflategate that, like, we live in a four-game suspension, but, you know, appeal and everything is, is, is holding up. I'm surprised. It's like... you Double standard It's NFL. always just so weird. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. It's been going on since March as well. The appeal process has been that long. Oh, he, yeah, <laughs> I heard he fa- it wasn't just one test. You know, he, he failed, failed multiple tests. tests. I heard See, I'm multiple pretty tests. sure... It's hard to deny that. I'm yeah. pretty sure when he came in at the <laughs> yeah. combine, he failed a piss test, right? Yeah. And then that was one... Of, that counts against the marks for your NFL... NHL. <laughs> Got Patrick Kane on the brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Don't get it, it, on me. It, it, count, it counts against you know your points system or however they have this thing set up. So 
you know, this would technically be a second failed test, and that's why it's the four game uh, suspension and not the two game. That, because they've got this whole policy set up now from last year that's, you know, two, four, half, 16. That, you know, it's set in stone. It, it is what it is now. Yeah. And until they get rid of weed, a lot of guys are going to be suspended for two, four, eight, sixteen games. They'll get rid of it for those guys. I recommend lay off the weed and have yourself a Valverde. Timo Timo lady, increase your sex drive. Timo What I think, you know, how Chris Carter had said, had said, uh, have a fall guy, which is. A a line that I something we've been saying on this show for years. <laughs> if you're in the NFL and you don't have a guy that holds the weed, the gun, and is the one that's penis is the one that rapes the girl and does all this stuff, then you're an idiot. But at the end of the day, he held her down. I was just wearing the mask. At the end of the day, what if I if I was a league? If I was a league, <laughs> terrible. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not, I wasn't going that way. I was going. I was going with the weed. I would have a fall lung. I would make it so I could get the high, but somehow through technology, J- Doctor Andrews could figure something out. The where the weed gets me baked in my brain, but the whole pot thing and the whole drug testing goes into my fall guy's lungs. Don't you think they've been working on that technology for years already? The Wizardator was just the start. Now it's the lung intruder. We have the technology. We can rebuild him. Yes. Keenan Allen. Weed lung. Keenan Allen. He's the guy. Who doesn't excite me very much? We talked about him with Stevie Johnson, how he's still going to get his. He was better last year. The question is, are those touchdowns going to rebound? Is that offense going to be better overall? Is that line going to be able to protect Philip Rivers? Uh, how's his hand? They're, they're saying it's all right, but I don't want to see Philip Rivers with the jacked up hand trying to throw to Keenan Allen. I had to listen. I, I, Least sexiest guy in the top thirty. Yeah, position. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, he was never is, expected to be. He he got vaulted up because he had all that touchdown success. So we remember. So the, here, here's a perfect guy that I think if you go back to his rookie year, look at a touchdown dependency chart, and you're going to see that he was very touchdown dependent. No, no, I disagree. Not really. I mean, it was like no, eight, he had yards too. He had, but great, he had great. It was, it was like great. Eight, it was like eight or nine touchdowns that he had as a rookie. Yeah. Now everyone was anointing him, saying, okay, now he's going to be a 10, 11 uh, touchdown guy. Yeah, he had eight. He had, yeah, and he had one touchdown in the first eight games of last season. You know, and then he, he bounced back a little bit, but he just doesn't seem to be the guy that, that's that dominant in the red zone. He rested on his laurels. That's all he did. He, he got fat. He got fat on success, and he thought that he could just do it. He thought he was going to be the number one guy for a Philip Rivers for years to come and sat on his success, and it didn't translate. And he learned from that. And it's another, this is another one of those guys where I, I'm hoping that he, he learned something enough to the point where he changed it to the point where he's going to come back to success. Do I think he's going to be uh, all that and, and a bag of peanuts and, and M&Ms and, and trail mix and, and you know, all the, all the Halloween goodies? No, I, I don't think it's going to turn into that. But I do believe that he's going to be a wide receiver too this year. I think the biggest problem for him actually is Stevie Johnson. I think Stevie Johnson is good enough to take a lot of the uh, you know the targets away from him because he hasn't had uh, Rivers hasn't really had that. Yes, he has Gates, of course, 
and Gates is gone for the first four Vincent games. Vincent Jackson was his only other guy that he had that was Yeah, exactly. There was Vincent Jackson and Malcolm Floyd, but those guys are go-long guys. Stevie Johnson can catch a pass yeah. over the middle without a problem. Eddie Royal even did very well for him uh, in that respect last year, making up for That's the slack. Point. That's the point of why Eddie Royal was able to, to pick up an extra slack when Keenan Allen wasn't able to do yeah, it. Yeah, so exactly. That's all I'm saying. But I'm also sad for your Halloweens, that trail mix was a highlight of your Halloween. I'm well, sorry that you missed out on all the good candy bars and you were having trail mix. Yeah. yeah, yeah those, I love the uh, I love the apples with razor blades. Yeah, yeah, those are good. so tasty. Those are good. Yeah, they, they will. Yeah, I'd like to taste the blood. All right, let's move on to the next guy. I didn't want to let the pennies up outside. You know, thanks. We already talked about Landry, so we're going to move. Yeah, that's great. Uh, we're going to move <laughs> forward. We pretty much talked about Robinson as well, didn't we? Not really. Okay. I mean, no, we talked about Hearns. We talked yeah, about Hearns. Right. Let's talk about Robinson and quickly, and um, you know, then we're, when we get to the top ten, we'll kind of move a little bit, or top twenty, we'll move faster. Al Robinson just is going to get targeted, peppered with targets. Like if this guy doesn't average like a hundred and four, doesn't end up with a hundred and forty targets this year, color me surprised. But I just don't think he's going to be able to catch touchdowns. Uh, it looked like they liked Alan Hearns in the red zone when Julius Thomas gets his hand, wrist, face, mouth, head right. Like he'll he'll be a dominator in the red zone a little bit, not quite to the success he's had before, but still be one of the go-to guys there. I just don't know if he's ever going to score, you know, five to eight touchdowns in a season. He's got the size to do it. It just depends on. Uh, here's the thing: you got Alan Hearns on the other side. Fine, uh, he'll he'll get some red zone action here and there, but he's not. It's not like Hearns is like a big red zone guy, to be honest. And if you look at the body type and you look at their play and their game, I would think that Robinson would be more of the red zone guy than Hearns would be. Um, Thomas is going to be out for a few games. The rapport is there between Bortles and, and Robinson. I think he has every chance in the world to succeed. It's all dependent on health with the kid, and always has been on health with the kid. We'll see what happens there, but. If you're willing to take the chance on him being healthy, you could definitely be uh, rewarded with a, a really nice wide receiver, too. I don't know about that. My, my concern is is that I'm not sold on Blake Bortles. This is a guy that, when he was coming out, he had the bigger arm. He was the guy that showed up and that was, was at the Underwear Olympics and, and did all the things that, that improved his stock and got him the position. And we saw him last year, and it's... I, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I'm not saying that he's a bad quarterback. He just, I just don't see anything in his game that leads me to say he's going to take the step from being where he was as a rookie to making any type of monumental moves this year. From what I've seen in the preseason, I just have not seen the growth that I'd like to see. I see more growth with, with Derek Carr. Um, you know, I think it also helps having a guy like Amari Cooper. I think that that changes things for you. I just don't know that Allen Robinson is that difference maker, and it's hard. I think Allen Robinson is a guy that would be so much more beneficial if he had a real legitimate wide receiver one outside of him so that he could actually operate in the zone that he needs to operate in. You know, he's kind of like, I think I think we're Allen, I'll compare him to another Allen, okay? He's kind of, oh no, no, it's an Alvin. He's kind of like Alvin Harper. Alvin. That's yeah. what I said, that's what I said. Oh, he's an Allen, he's an Allen. Um, so... That type of guy who was great as the number two kind of struggled as the number one, but I think the bigger problem for Robinson is, is Bortles. I think and the, the I think the Julius Thomas thing is going to hurt. 
that was going to help Mott a lot because we talked about Lee can't stay healthy. Uh, you don't think Bortles is great. They've got a rookie running back with nothing much else. And Hearns is more of a Hankerson. He makes some big plays, uh, post patterns. But other than that, it's not too much happening. I'm Where he's gone, I'm a little worried. I like to pepper the targets. You know I'm a touches, targets, and, uh, a targets, touches, and looks guy. But I think maybe this is a team that I'm kind of staying away from. And I think they could make that, that next jump and have more players that are in the mix on power and numbers than obviously the last five years plus. But still, I think I draft day, there's all those players, a Robinson, a Yeldon. There's other guys on better teams that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull the trigger on. I, I, I like Bortles better than you guys do. And I like Bortles. Um, I, I think he does have a bright future ahead of him, actually. And I think that Jacksonville is working themselves in the right direction. Um, is it going to be a you know, rags-to-riches success story for, for that franchise? No, but um, I think they're, they're progressing just fine. And I think that Allen Robinson, like I said, barring health, I think has a chance to jump into that wide receiver two situation. If he's healthy the whole year, I think there's no doubt he's a wide receiver two. I, I, I don't, I don't, and with the amount of targets he's going to get, it's just I think there's a no-brainer yeah. with that one. I mean, well, as high as we are on Bortles, no one has him higher than 26. Yeah, that's um, fine. Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. It just doesn't necessarily mean he could stay healthy between that behind that line. This is maybe why we rank him so true. Well. <laughs> have you seen that offensive line? They and, can't do anything. And he's not a healthy yeah. guy. He hasn't shown that he can be healthy. Hopefully, Allen. No, uh, Robinson, yeah. yeah. yeah Robinson. Oh, Bortles has Bortles been healthy. But Allen has always had a problem. That's the reason why. He was a first round, projected first rounder when he's coming out of Penn State. Banged up at Penn State. Banged up his rookie year. Banged up, uh, even I remember, uh, when we, during the Underwear Olympics and didn't partake in some stuff. It's He's got all the talent. He's going to get the t- targets. But uh, underwhelming, maybe, offense and fantasy scoring, and he could get hurt. Yeah. Right, well, there it is. Could get hurt. <laughs> I was made to understand there were grilled cheese sandwiches here. The next tier is another smaller one, consists of like five guys: uh, Brandon Marshall, Charles Johnson, Andre Johnson, Sammy Watkins, and Deshaun Jackson. Uh, can, I, can I just say one thing, and then I'll let you guys go? I want to make it clear: Charles Johnson is now ahead of Brandon Marshall on my tiers. Hey now, yeah. Hey now. I like it. I would just like to somehow cut Brandon Marshall. <laughs> I, I do not want him anywhere near well, a roster you, of mine. Leave him off. We've said this before. You have to put him in your tiers for our, our audience, but on draft day, he's not going to be in your tiers. Yeah. As ah, simple as that. He's on my tiers just so I know. There comes a point. That's like, dumb. You don't want him. There comes Take a him point. Tears. There comes a point at like round 10. Where I will, he's not going to be there. I will sell him to someone else, just so he's not on my team. It's like, oh, you should take Brandon Marshall there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will straight up spit fire. He won't be there at that point. He's going to be drafted higher than that. So at the end of the day, and I'm a big proponent of this: guys, you don't want guys that you've been by, guys that you just don't want on your team, or even if even if he's sitting there in the 13th round, you don't want him. Just remove him from your tiers. The reason why it I feels keep, good. The reason why I keep them in my tiers is so I can see them go 
so much, you know, that you got guys way down there. Like, that guy went before my guy that's like seven tiers ahead of this. That guy went before six tiers ahead of this. My God. And that's what Brandon Marshall would do for you. You know, if you really don't like a Brandon Marshall, you really don't like a Percy Harbor, it's guys like that. Put them way down in your tiers. You can, you can remove them all together, but it's fun to watch a guy in your 14th tier go off the board when you still got guys left in the second tier. But just also know, hopefully those of you who listen to our podcast, if you... When never, you, that's never happened. When you've bought <laughs> it... You know what I mean. No, not 14th and second. But. but hopefully those of you who listen to our podcast, <laughs> and when you've bought our draft kit, and you see that, like, let's say I have Brandon Marshall ranked at, I think, 25... Just because I have him ranked there doesn't mean I'm drafting him there. It just means that I'm, I'm going based on what I think is going to be the, the turnout of stats. But as I said, it's just a guy that I, it's a headache and, a, and I own a stupid Bears jersey. I don't want him on my team anymore. You know what? When it, here's, here's the thing when it comes to, and this is kind of a blanket statement, when it comes to rankings. All right, if I was to put, and you guys are, are in agreement, basically, when it comes to somebody like Brandon Marshall, he's going to be right around the 25 range. And that's where we believe his final numbers will probably end up being, is right in that range. Maybe actually, to tell the truth, a little bit better than that, to be quite honest. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that when it comes to drafting a guy like that, especially depending on what league you're in, does he have the big weeks that you want? Does he's going to win you weeks that you want? Um, those are the things that kind of matter when it comes to drafting guys like that. He may end up in that range scoring-wise, but when it comes to winning you your league, that's not kind of what you want. It's a great, great point. And when we do our final Fantasy Pros pre-draft rankings, sometimes we, we, we go in and we have this discussion and we have a roundtable together, and some guys are like, hey, you know, he's going to be average. We don't want him on our team, but he's going to be here. Yeah. So if we move him down back 10 guys because we don't want him on our team, but he's still going to be where he is, that's not a right call. So I love I love the way you're saying get those explosion guys, get those guys that are going to win the week, but also offset that with a guy like a Marshall that is going to be slow and steady. And over the season, he's going to do better than the two guys that probably you, were, you would want to start over him. But those guys would give you instantaneous Huge weeks where he's just going to chip away at it. Well, also, but at the same time, too, you need to know who the guys are that end up being sometimes like like Eric Decker was last year, where Eric Decker ended up in scoring was in a large majority in part to what he did in Week 17. Mm-hmm. Okay, or you have guys like in the past, like when Devery Henderson or or, or my 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 all-time mistake, Robert Meacham, ended up in where they ended up in scoring is from having three big weeks. You know, but are you picking the three weeks where they scored 33 points in each of those weeks, and so they they mounted 100 and whatever points? But in the aggregate, you you probably got donuts all the way across the board. You Think about Ter- probably, yeah. Terrence Williams is a guy that last year probably was that dude for a lot of players. Probably had on on your team, and he he over the season he had some nice weeks. But were you was he in your lineup when he had those big games? He will be this year for me, and he's going to have more of them. I started Michael Floyd every week for like 11 straight week. weeks. And then yeah. Until that one week where he blew up. And I'm That's like, it. forget so it. 16? I can't take it anymore. You're out. And he goes berserk and I lost the week because of it. 
And that's always what happens too. It's like you hold, every time you hold on to a guy, and you're holding on to a guy, and, it, and it's like, especially when you're in a losing season, it seems like every move that you do is the wrong move. And you're holding on, you're pl- you're plugging this guy into your line, you're plugging the guy into your line, like I I can't do it anymore. I'm 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 three and four. I need to have this winning streak. Or I'm two and five. I'm desperate, you know. And you pull him out, and then, oh, that mother effer would have won my week for me. It, yeah, it just it Who's always next? happens. Let's do it. Uh, we talked Charles I, Johnson way too much. We probably don't need to mention yeah, him let's, right let's here. Uh, Sammy Watkins, I drafted. Oh, you did? I drafted him in the seventh round in a 12-teamer. Wow, he went in the seventh. That's <laughs> not bad value. I, I know. And it's a guy who I'm not very high on, but at that point, I like the value. And it was just like, it's do I think he could get 1,000 yards? Yes. And if they play this dink and dunk style offense where there's more they efficient... In a PPR league, he might break some. You want to know what else, too? He's the type of guy that you can get the ball over the middle. He is where Martavis Bryant has all the measurables that they, they, they both had together, who's six foot four. Sammy Watkins is not six foot four. He's Sammy got Watkins, the full arm He's like full. a running back as in a wide receiver body. So he loves to be able to make take those short passing plays. Give me the ball. If he has three... Three yards in front of him to run. He'll make moves and he'll get around. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. He, they're going to give him every opportunity because of what you just said. He runs every route. Yeah. He runs every route. And when you got Tyrod Taylor throwing you the ball for the moment, they're going to use. They're going to say, "All right, you're not going. You're not going for forty yard out flies pet posts. We're going to have you rolling and hanging out in the first fifteen yards and and, and rolling out with Tyrod, and you're going to get a lot of opportunity." But let me ask you, isn't that That's better six, for him? Seventh round. But let me ask you, isn't that better for him? Because how proficient were the quarterbacks at completing those other routes? Whereas Tyrod Taylor's going to be more pro- proficient at completing the shorter eight. 12, 14, we hope, we hope. Well, right. But <laughs> ideally, you should be more accurate when you're throwing the ball not as far. And instead of worrying about that, he's got enough skill and, and guile to be able to, to beat a guy in the first five yards, make a move, and give himself some space. But that's the reason why I went in the seventh round. Yeah. We're not worried about Sammy Watkins. We're worried about the quarterback. Sammy Watkins is going to be open. He's going to be doing some dynamic stuff on that uh, on this route tree. He's awesome. The question, you got Tyrod Taylor is the one that's So where's, the, where's the point where he became... A consideration? Yes. I guess the sixth. It's a PPR league, so... At that point, and he was also my wide receiver four because I took Odell Beckham, I took DeAndre Hopkins, I took a guy who we'll talk about in a couple minutes, Devontae Adams, and then I took Sammy Watkins. Wow! But you did you went so you went wide receiver, wide receiver. Nope, I also have C.J. Anderson to start the team. So you got oh that that was a sassy look. So you got anyone in your league listening to this because you're like saying I butt raped you. I got DeAndre Hopkins in the third round then. Mm -hmm. So you went C.J. Anderson, Odell Beckham, and then DeAndre Hopkins. Mm -hmm. Then Jonathan Stewart was it? Uh, Ten. Then, wow. then Jonathan Stewart, I went early because I needed a back there. And then backed that up with uh, Joseph Randall. Then my Devontae Adams pick. Then, uh, then Sammy, Sammy Watkins. Watkins. Then I took you know Tony Romo. And then loaded up on you know Flyers late. Isaiah Crowell, Rudolph, Kendall Wright, Sam Bradford, Devontae Freeman. I like it. Let's nice. move forward. Uh, Sammy, Manny, 
We're going Deshaun Jackson sitting there. Is this still in that same uh, tier? He's, he's at that top of the sixth tier now. Sixth tier, okay. So, Deshaun Jackson. He was very good with Kirk Cousins, too. <laughs> fact is fact. So, like, half his games are going to be, like, 15-point games, and then half his... Games are going to be like zero. Zeros. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just something you have to it live with. It does not matter. You could have a high school quarterback throwing to him. It doesn't <laughs> matter. He makes his own place. If he can blow by that defender and you toss it up there, fine. If you can catch him on a really nice slant, fine. Hi! It's a Valverde! He's had business classes. 18th century agrarian business, but, but I guess it's all the same principles. Let me ask you, are you at all concerned about an uprising? <laughs> so, so, so basically... Hold on, lastly. What we did was very Wes Craven-esque. R.I.P., buddy. R.I.P. Rest, oh. rest in peace. Wes Craven. That, that, that late 70s, 80s, those films. I mean, Wes Craven came out like two movies a year, and we rented all of them. Some Absolutely. of us on Betamax, some of us on VHS, <laughs> some of us weren't born. But Wes Craven, you're there. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's just the rundown of Deshaun Jackson with Kirk Cousins. 1.9 fantasy points. And this is standard scoring, of course. Then 17.7 fantasy points. Then 0.9 fantasy points. <laughs> then 21.7 fantasy points. Then 18.0 fantasy points. Then 4.9 fantasy points. So, you, he's a guy you have to live with, but he'll give you weak winners. That's but, for that's, sure. but that's what you want, though. I mean, listen, when you draft wide receivers, it's become different in the, in the, in the last couple years, but back in the old days, it used to be, I draft a wide receiver. If I have a wide receiver one, if he gives me a stellar week that could help me potentially win a week, one every three weeks, that's fantastic. What he's doing is almost one every two weeks, which is now kind of that, that norm thing now. Now, you're, the difference is you're not getting the the, 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 the lows are low. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the highs are high. sheets are terrible. It's all about him hitting on those deep passes, which, again, I still will say, he is the best deep threat receiver in the game right now. One thing we haven't really talked about is the fact that they apparently switched Garcon and Deshaun's positions. Yes. We haven't really mentioned that all that much, and I'm not sure how it's going to affect him. Uh, I still think they're going to let Deshaun be Deshaun. You're not going to send Pierre Garcon deep and let Deshaun run the underneath routes because that doesn't make any sense. Like <laughs> square peg, round hole. <laughs> all he is targets, and that—that's really all it means. Garcon will be getting more targets than he was getting last year, but Deshaun will still be getting the same same amount of targets. Basically, he didn't get it over. Doing the same thing. He'll be doing the exact same thing, just less targets. Garcon will be getting more targets because he's playing that position that garners more targets. It'll still be the same type of patterns and everything for Deshaun Jackson. They're not going to tell him to start running, you know, button hooks and slants. Button hooks over the middle. Deshaun Jackson is not going to get that Demarius Thomas chuck it on the line. Because he's going to get destroyed. Oh, he said that you can't put him in a position to get, get destroyed because he will get destroyed. Right. He needs space. He, now, needs, here's the he one. needs to use his speed and his ability to adjust to balls in the air. That's what he does better than anybody else. That's why with his speed and his ability to adjust, he just outmaneuvers those defenders and then he just embarrasses them because they're looking at him. And he tangles them all up and then he catches the ball. And he, 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 he actually can run the wide receiver screen. Um, 
Yeah, he's a p- he dynamic was, punt returner. Yeah, he, he actually did that very well with Philly for a little while, but um, it can't have a tendency to get you blown up in today's day and age where the uh, defenses are ready for it a lot more than they and used to be. Corners are huge. Very different. Yeah, corners, corners are huge. Very different nowadays. So probably a lot of players are sitting there like, all right, I am about to tear this cat's head off. Yeah. Can't wait for him to throw this ball. Yeah. <laughs> think about like a guy like Tavon Austin, right? Who, they, who when they drafted him, they envisioned him to be a Deshaun Jackson type. Yeah. But the problem is they can't throw him the deep passes because they have to throw him the short pass because that's the only one they can complete to him. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the one thing I'll say. Wouldn't we say on a whole, while talking about Deshaun Jackson with the Washington Redskins, I feel bad for RG3. I think he's gotten a bad rap. I think there's some issues there. But aren't we glad on a fantasy level for Alfred, for Deshaun, for Pierre, for your favorite buddy Reed, <laughs> that, that you know, uh, Cous- Kirk Cousins is running the show there? No. It varies depending on the player. I'm less excited for Alfred Morris, and I'm less excited for Jordan Reed. Uh, Agreed. Just the splits... Like George, uh, Alfred Morris's splits with RG3 in the game, he averages like a half yard per carry more. So he's losing that running quarterback aspect. So that's going to affect him. He's going to be a little less you know, efficient. And he was less efficient with Kirk Cousins in the games last season. And then you know, Jordan Reed, uh, Kirk Cousins isn't a guy who targets the tight end a huge amount. Uh, he's more of a throw to the wide receivers guy, so you got to think there's a boost for the wide receivers. Though. No one wants a tight end on Redskins. No, but the worst part was when when Cousins was in there, Stay when Jordan Reed would get a couple of like three or four targets on a drive, and they again, if you remember, I don't know how many podcasts ago I said it, it was the eight yard out pattern as he's like falling out on the sideline, giving a guy who supposedly has great ability to make plays in the middle of the field, no chance to use what ability he has. The reason why is because that's a wide receiver pattern. That's not a tight end pattern. And that's what Kirk Cousins has always been good at, even back in college. Wide receiver patterns. Wasn't a big tight end guy. Matter of fact, Michigan State wasn't the biggest tight end school back then, so... He's used to throwing those outs, and that's why he's such a, a really a really good quarterback to be able to throw those patterns. Uh, let's move it on. All right, next tier, stag party. We're going down. It's uh, good old, and we're gonna breeze through these guys because yes. we talk about these top players a bunch. You know, because we cut this, the podcast short, I'm not as concerned about it, but we gotta go roll through the quarterback. So we're not cutting it short yeah. though. It, yeah. So rock through. It. Let's just quickly go next next tier stags. What are you what are you thinking with the Tate? Golden Tate, Aguilar, then you got Devontae Adams, you got, you know, Emmanuel Sanders and Amari Cooper. And that's pretty much the end of that tier. Uh, we'll, we'll come back through these tiers after I just list the top 20. I love this tier. This tier is like all new up-and-comers. It's, it's, you got the new up-and-comers, you got Emmanuel Sanders stuck in there, who, who... My least, uh, my least favorite. My least favorite kind of on that. No, on that Golden one. Tate's my least favorite out of both. Have still, you seen Golden Tate play recently? I know. I mean, I'm telling you, Golden Great. Tate. Great. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm still, I'm still on Golden Tate. I'm still with Go Golden. I'm moving guys. towards. I'm moving towards. Emmanuel Sanders is the guy I'm, I'm most down on this tier, and it's interesting because you have all these young guys who are your rookies or haven't done it before, and the Aguilars and the and the Mark Coopers and the Devonta Adams. But I'm going to tell you what. These guys can do it, and I think it's 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 the new interesting thing. Um, again, because the whole wide receiver. Wait, third wait, year. wait, wait interrupt him with babbling. What are you, what were you gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna continue to talk about tears. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. 
So I was going to list the top 20 as a whole, but I guess not anymore. <laughs> no, it's good. Who do you think just felt like talking? He didn't <laughs> said anything for a while. So yeah, go on go on with the whole top 20. Do it. All right. So after that, uh, you know, you've got at like 14, you got Alshon Jeffrey, Jordan Matthews, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks. And then that's the end of a tier right there. And then there's a tier of like a uh, Brandon Cooks. Or did I say him last you one? You did. Randall Cobb, uh, T.Y. Hilton, and Mike Evans, and A.J. Green. And then there's a tier of basically Odell Beckham, Demarius Thomas, and Calvin Johnson. And then the top tier guys of Julio, Dez, and Antonio. And we've got Julio at one, Dez at two, and Antonio at three. Because I just decided to flip it and read it backwards there for some reason. No, it's all good. But we, we got it. Julio's <laughs> so, in so one, rage. Houdini's got Dez at number one, but yeah, I know you love Julio, and you know we love Dez. I got Julio at number two. I, mean, I love a Calvin a lot, I think. I, I just think Calvin's going to have one little swan song this year. I just moved really him over did. Odell. Yeah, I really I really think Calvin's going to have a swan song here. But to go back, the guy I want to talk and, and go at the end of it, I'll let you, someone talk about Aguilar. Because you guys love him. When we talk about Aguilar, we wrote, we a, we, we wrote yeah. a section for him on Fantasy Pros. Uh, you know, guys who could potentially finish in the top 10 who are being drafted outside of the ADP. We talked about him a lot last week. We talk about him a lot. Okay. The thing is, his ADP is not truly indicative of where he's being drafted. you got to take the guy in, like, the 5th, 6th, 7th run. Yep. Yeah. You're not, Which is a great friggin' pick. Yeah. You're not getting him later than that. But his ADP on most of these sites is showing up in, like, the 80s or 90s. So just be aware of that on draft day. You're not going to be able to wait around for Nelson Aguilar. I have not gotten him in any draft because I've been trying to wait a little bit, and it's yeah. not working out for me. All right. The next guy, and we'll talk. Which going, we want to talk about Cooper. I want to talk about this as, as far as what he just said. and Because if you, you, you wanted to wait on him and you can't, it's when we always say, you love a guy? Get him. Just get him. Don't. Don't try to see if you can wait that extra round. And if you love that guy and he's on your tiers and he's in that spot, draft him. I wish that we were doing video right now. Because when someone tells me, oh, you could have waited another round for him. All I want to do is go. That deserved video. Double digits. That's what I think about when I hear that kind of crap in draft day. And you should be doing the same. All right. Here's what I'm going to say. Amari Cooper. You know I love him. Holy crap. The, 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 the in and out of the breaks thing that everyone's talking about that's been the reason why he's the next Jerry Rice is ridiculous. You saw it on that big play with Patrick Peterson. You saw the way that while he's in there, Carr is going to be looking and just saying, this guy's giving me the best opportunity. Amare Cooper is going to be, he's going to end the season much higher with more points than he's getting drafted. This guy is unreal. I'll give you three words. You were right. He's unreal. He, he has gone from being, I want to say, around 40 or something when my tears started. Uh, we're, 14. We're right, 14, I have him now. <laughs> and he is just, and, and, in, and in my last version before this one, I, I still think he was outside the top 20. And then I watched the last game. I said, "Good, we have him in God. every league. We did. I said, every yeah. expert yeah. league, we have him, which was and great. You were, you kind of came in after a while. You're like, okay, you guys love him. And I'm glad that we that it worked <laughs> that right. way. Okay, right. and I've, I've come around because, but again, it's 
it's a, it's a stigma with Oakland. It's a stigma yep. with yep. Derek Carr being the second year quarterback and the whole thing. And like, holy cow, you just see the development. You just see, wow, they'll throw him all these targets, but it's even on a bad team. He's not taking the targets and being like, oh, he'll get 140, like we were saying, for who was it, Allen Robinson, but maybe he'll only end up with 70 or 75 catches. If he gets 140 targets, it's 104 catches. Yeah. The one thing that happened in that drive, that drive the drive that he did, I think they went peppering him three times in a row. The, at the end of the drive, he was wide open on a badass move, on a, just wide open in the end zone, and Derek Carr overthrew him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's this a guy, of- the way that he cuts out, it is in. I mean, you, you saw that play. I don't want to reiterate so, so, so you guys are on board with my Amari Cooper over Latavius Murray in that round right there, right? Oh, yeah, now okay. we are. <laughs> now, now you are. Okay. Oh, I, 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 know you were, I know you were the whole time. But, but, I, but yeah, even myself, I just want to say... I go on a hunch. Doesn't mean I had enough video to see it. It's different when you're playing in, uh, you know, a college program. So I don't know what I'm talking about. But just seeing it more now, it's like, wow, this guy's even better than I thought. And I'm, I'm just too the way that he can pedal and do a stop and come back to a ball, or make a defender think he's coming back to the ball and then go over the line. I mean, just the moves that this dude has in a five by five space is unbelievable. You're almost you're, you're getting close to your Crabtree range from a few years ago. You were he freaking just, out about Crabtree. But this about guy, four, but he, and he was awesome. But this guy's better. He and, is. And, better. and Crabtree was awesome. Then he's a, he's an Achilles. Hey, thanks for being able to watch them both at the same time every weekend. Oh. So let's, let's let's turn this into the other guy that that uh, I was more down on and have, but was always calling for the second year breakout for this guy anyway. And wow, has he been. Showed his impressiveness enough in the preseason to say, I know what I got. Brandon Cooks, this guy is that new, legitimate, going to be a superstar in that offense in New Orleans. With the fact that you have still with the C.J. Spiller, I mean, you know, how confident are we with him being able to stay healthy throughout the whole season? Now, if he doesn't and you take that aspect out, that becomes all Brandon Cooks is the guy who they're just going to use to fill that, that void of, of all of those routes because he can do them all. Yeah. And we got Cooks. I mean, Cooks is a tier ahead of this, though. I know, I know, but, but I'm, just, you know, I'm excited. I get okay, excited I know. I got to head of my seat. We're going to throw it all together at this point. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. And let's just, move, let's just move through it. I mean, because I'm, I'm on young, exciting receivers that are just, Matthews, that are just the blowing up. How about yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, too? That, in, that, that, catch? that catch, not catch, I don't know catch. about that. That was unreal. That get is ridiculous. And that first get off on the first play of the game was, you know, awesome. So... My I problem is it's Houston. My yep. problem is it's Houston. They're just, just not going to score all that often. You can't. I mean, they may score 10, Agreed. 14 points every single game this year, and you can't say that he's going to get every touchdown. I mean, okay. Here's the only with thing Houston, I'll, the only thing I'll say about it before you go, because I know you're you're our guy that loves him. Sterling Sharp pre Brett Favre. Magic Man. I'm not saying that any of the quarterbacks right now might be Magic Man level. You're going a little far with the Sterling call. Dude, I, dude and you love Sterling. And I love Sterling. This guy's that talented. He is amazingly talented. And, and, I, and I've, I've been against him all too. I've been against him all summer, right? Yep. I'm literally just starting to see, like, I get it, the quarterback situation. If he had an awesome quarterback, he'd be 
Top yeah. five, for sure. Okay? <laughs> he's in the top five. But, so that's the reason why he's sitting where we're sitting. But he's just so good. It kind of goes back to Watkins, but he's more mature and deeper into his... I, maybe he can just do it without any talent. So that's all. I, I don't want to overdraft. He probably won't be on my teams because he, he is still going high. But if I look at this guy and he's not go, being drafted by guys in the fourth, fifth round... He's just too good. Fourth even or fifth? I, I don't got to get him in the third. I won't do that. But and I won't do that. I'll go for a Cooks. But Cooks has gone in early. Cooks has gone in second I'll, round of PPR drafts now. No, well, I'm not okay. But I'll, I'll be grabbing <laughs> Cooks and I'm Amari in you. the thirds. Over, I'll be grabbing Amari and over and Cooks over Hopkins. But I love this talent. So if he's there in the fourth, which I think might happen in one or two of my leagues. I picked him up last year and played him. God damn, he's good. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. This guy. There's another guy right up there, Jordan Matthews. We've talked enough about him, but he's still rising up my boards. I can't I can't stop him from rising up my boards. The guy is over-impressing in, in the preseason. And the thing is, is that you got a guy like a Golden Tate who is obviously impressing the hell out of you guys without Calvin Johnson again. When he gets Calvin on that, on that field... He is wide receiver 57, by the way. I, I shit you not. Go ahead and look at the stats from last year. His average stats when Calvin Johnson is on the field, 57. Just take that into account next time you guys rank him. Okay, anyways, we'll back, back to the situation at <laughs> hand. Jordan Matthews, this kid is seriously impressive. All right, he is catching everything inside. His route running is insane. There's nobody who can keep up with him. There's nobody who can who's even around him when he catches the ball. He literally has five yards of space before he even has to make a move. He's that good at route running and, and, and getting where he wants to be. Uh, very impressed with this kid. He's going up the boards. And in that Chip Kelly offense, the amount of plays that they just run alone. I mean, Ma- Matthews is going to be uh, some kind of stud this year. Quick, quick thing. Jerry Rice's cousin. Have we talked about that before? Jordan Matthews, no. Jerry Rice's cousin. Jerry Rice's cousin. No, there you we go. We talked about that. He's got it in the jeans. He's in so, the jeans. Got let's the just say, jeans. guys, that we're, we're down on here. I know that I'm down on Alshon Jeffrey. Are you down on yeah, Alshon Jeffrey? Yeah, we don't need to talk about Alshon. Okay. We do a I'm lot. I'm down on it. So yeah. We'll move on. Down as in, like, uh, uh, upset down, not like, uh, yeah, I'm down with it, baby. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about him because we just don't need to. Cooks. He went from being a guy that was top 10 to now, like, in, in most of our tiers, around 15. 14. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Cooks it was at 11. We talked about him. Love him. Love a Hilton. Too bad he's, play, he's got a concussion right now. He's already you know, back on the field. Okay. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's fine. fine. Still just never a good thing. Uh, but I agree with you. I'm not scared. Hilton's it's moving up. And I already I had him on my, probably every team last year. I love that freaking guy. Evans, guy. moving down for me. He's a little in, He's getting injured. That offense is a little up or down. We're scared. We talked about the volume of that. Um, I'll let you guys talk briefly and go, but let's let's literally just close out. We could talk about the next ten guys forever, but what we should talk about them is for two minutes. So the top guys, I think we've already established it. We already know. Our, our top three guys are definitely top three. We'll go to, no, no, go to Mike Evans, A.J. Green's the next guy down. No, no, okay. Well, what I'm saying is here with with all these uh, top guys. I, I what I'm saying is the way you're doing it. Yeah. Okay. So is that you? You know who these top guys? Julio, Dez, Antonio. Those guys are on, on a tier all their own. Those guys are legitimate. You can take them in the first round. Do not hesitate to do it. 
When you get to the next tier, which I believe then, am I right? Is it uh, Calvin Demarius ODB? That would mm-hmm. be the next tier? I think Calvin Demarius is separate you can, from ODB. You don't say that. I, 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 huh? I said you don't say that. <laughs> I kind of agree. I kind of agree. I'm not you saying. think that ODB should be there? Yeah, I I'm, I pushed ODB over Calvin Johnson. I just don't think Calvin Johnson plays a full season. You, you don't think ODB plays a full season? No, I so know fair. ODB doesn't play a full well, season. Okay, so okay then I know Calvin Johnson doesn't. Okay, so but here's the point: those when three guys the are the did. next three guys that are that are grouped in there, and those guys are. Where you're looking at, if you're in a 12-team draft, 10, 11, 12, or, or the comeback around where those guys are going to go. But what's interesting is because we've had all, with Jordy Nelson, with Randall Cobb having his injury, those guys have slid down and has brought different names into the fold. So where you're talking now, A.J. Green, you know when healthy, you're going to get the solid production out of him. You're going to get a couple great games during the year, and you're not going to get those basement games that Deshaun Jackson's giving you. You're going to get good production throughout may not be as many top-end games with Hugh Jackson running the offense as you've had in the past, but you're going to get top-ten production. It's going to be constant, and he should be healthy this year. One thing I want to say about that, the best reason to be drafting A.J. Green, he's the only guy that needs to get paid that hasn't. There you go. It's true. Contract year, huge. Before we go on, before you go on, because I want you to keep going on, and you're on a roll, bets... And they're coming right now. <laughs> All right. Who plays more games this year, ODB or Calvin Johnson? 20? I got Calvin. You got oh, your ODB. Bucks. Come on. Well, I, I got to figure out how much money I have divested in other bets to, <laughs> to make sure I can pay it out. Five, well, five, I'll drive into the welfare line. Five bucks. We'll call it a gentleman's $5 I'll bet. I'll wait for you. Uh, <laughs> yes. Talking with that? Okay. The second one, who has more fantasy points in the end. And they both have to have at least... 12 games played. 12 games played, we'll say. Okay. Five, another gentleman's five. Yep. Done. All right. I got Calvin, you got your ODB. My role ends with the last guy on the list. Mike Evans was the last guy there. Hilton was the guy after him. And, you know, I'm I'm the one that's high on Evans. So I will take him over A.J. Green. I understand what A.J. Green gives me. I I would say A.J. Green is probably the safer pick. But I'm going on my my gut, and I'm going, I'll take the head over the skis on it because I know how he made Johnny Manziel, and I know how he's going to make Jameis Winston. Good times. Wow. Two hours and 25 minutes on wide receivers. Good grief. All right. Hey, wait, wait. Should we mention Randall Cobb in this situation there? No. Okay. <laughs> we should. He's asking. We're glad he's, he, he's, he's not having to go to surgery. He's awesome. He's going to go high. He deserves it. We'll see what happens. Let's move on to quarterbacks. That is crazy. Can I, can I, can I give one can final comment on wide receivers? Can I, can I give a comment about, right about the fact that we did... I, I need to give a comment about the fact that we did this much work on, on, on wide receivers. Michael was adjusting to the absence of his son by enjoying the company of his brother. You know, I'm in pretty good shape. You could be eating my dust all day, slowpoke. And Buster was starting to give as good as he got. And you might be eating... It's gonna... Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. It just came to that. Yeah. Right. Two hours and 20 minutes on wide receivers. 
We're changing it up because in this situation, I think it's apropos. Stag Party just messaged us over me, and I like it. So we're going to go through, what, 32 quarterbacks. Let's start from the top down. Let's get into it, and we'll go down. Go. Good. Good. All right, Andrew Luck. He is very good, and he doesn't have his best wide receiver injured right now. And he's going to throw for a crap ton of yards because his defense is worse. And he could also run for four or five touchdowns this year. And he's really salty about the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and he has a direct TV commercial. And he has a direct TV commercial with a really long beard. It's true. But let's be honest, he's the best quarterback in the league. By far. He's better than Rodgers. I'm sorry. He's the best. He's the best quarterback. He's going to. I think he's. You guys said four t- rushing touchdowns. At least four or five. I think. I think he's the best fantasy quarterback. Yeah, he's not. Oh, he's not the best quarterback. Best fantasy quarterback. Yes. I could see the guy rushing for more than we expect. That would be great. That's such an added Which bonus. Is, yeah, for it's him. just a bonus. It's just that bonus. He's throwing for forty touchdowns. The fact he could sit there in the pocket and just throw it to whoever he wants, or if nobody's open within five seconds or three seconds, he can run forever. Too. And the best part is, for the rest of his life, he's going to have Frank Gore as his hype man. Yes, yeah. yeah. And okay, so moving on to Aaron nice. Rodgers. Moving on to Aaron Rodgers. Basically, he is going to finish as a top two quarterback. He always finishes as a top two quarterback in seasons that he is healthy. Since he has taken over as the starter. He has been a top two quarterback. Okay, in Listen. every season except for the collarbone injury. Yes. Well, I will. I will also say this: the reason why I always say to take that fourth wide receiver on the Green Bay Packers is because one of his top three wide receivers always gets injured. Yet, Rodgers still always ends up in the top two or three quarterbacks in fantasy, regardless of their top three wide receiver getting injured every year. So it doesn't make a difference with Rodgers. Last year, or the last time that Jordy Nelson was out um, for a few games, which was a couple years ago, Rodgers threw for three touchdowns, four touchdowns, and four touchdowns in those games. He doesn't care. doesn't matter. Plug somebody in. He throws it to him. He's fine. He's the number two guy this year. Number three. Go. Peyton? Painting Manning? Painting Manning is moving down for me a little bit. I mean, he has not looked good this preseason. He's, look, he's looked a little erratic. I know he hasn't had Emmanuel Sanders back yet. Uh, you know, just getting back involved in the offense from his hamstring injury, not really playing this preseason. But he's been a little erratic. His throws haven't been all there. But the question is, after Luck and Rodgers, just wait. Just wait. Because I think this three through maybe six tier is all the same. And then the guys from like 7 to 13 are all the same. Just wait. I Just completely wait. agree. I mean, Roethlisberger okay. is moving okay, up. Okay, if you want to say Russell Wilson's you know, up a little bit, that's up to you. But it's not up to me. I, you know, the, the fact that matters is that... yeah. You like Russell as your third? No, no. I, I Manning's my three. Manning's my three, and... Breeze actually at this point has shown me a little too much in the preseason to to, to deny him anymore. The, the kid has just been a uh, top three fantasy quarterback for too many years in a row to believe that Sean Payton is all of a sudden going to change his stripes because you don't. You don't just change your stripes. You just change personnel. And that's what's going to happen with New Orleans and Breeze is going to have a phenomenal year again, by the way. All right, well, let me, let me just throw in on the Roethlisberger thing here because I have him as my number three. Fine. And I love him. 
especially for the fact that I'm probably going to get him in fifth, sixth round. It kind of seems to be where he's going. And the best part is, you see what Martavis Bryant has done. And yes, he's going to be without Le'Veon Bell for the first week, so he's going to be throwing the ball more. Le'Veon Bell is also a great receiving threat. So all these things are going to come into play. I will love the fact that he might even get downgraded more now because of the Martavis Bryant thing. If I can sneak him in the sixth or seventh round, oh my God, especially if I'm in a long touchdown league, when Martavis Bryant comes back, holy cow, this guy is going gonna, is gonna to just have monster games. And Huge. he does it every year. He always throws like a, what was it, like at least a 350 or 400 yard two, game every Two 400 yard games per year over his last five years. That's disgusting. And two, also two hundred four yard games a two year. Two four hundred yard games each season. Each over the last season, each per season. season over the last is it four or five years? I think it's four. I think it's four years. Sorry, uh, five. But there's also the fact that he's either thrown a five hundred yard game yes. or a six touchdown game in each of the last four seasons. I think. Yeah. Which is even to Jesus <laughs> Christ. So he's ridiculous. good. He's good. He, he's he's good. good. Let's go on. Drew Brees. You you talk about him. I like that. Um, let's be honest. This, there's he almost got five thousand yards again last year. It was a crap. It was a season. bad year. Forty nine hundred fifty yards. Forty nine fifty. And fifty yards short of five thousand. There's only there's under ten quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that have done this ever. And then we got to remember there are weapons. Uh, Brandon Cooks is a good weapon. I think Brandon Coleman will be a good red zone weapon. While we thought maybe Josh Hill was going to be that red zone weapon. Uh, he got targeted in the red zone uh, in that preseason game earlier. So then there's, you know, just it, it's going to get spread out like it was earlier in his career. Remember when he would just throw t- like five touchdowns to Ben Watson and five touchdowns to this guy. And he would just make his receivers five to Robert Meacham and five to Devery Henderson. And they'd be spread out everywhere. But the common thing in that was Drew, Drew Brees. Listen, the fact that matters, cool Josh Hill. Josh Hill is not going to be the end-all, be-all of tight ends that we were thinking from the on, from the onset of the offseason. I wasn't. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you think that he was going to maybe jump into that role uh, that was vacated by Jimmy Graham. But the fact of the matter is, is that he's still gigantic. He's still a very big, athletic tight end that will play in the red zone and will get touchdowns for Drew Brees. Breeze will not have a problem, especially when he's got Spiller healthy again. That's and it. Anger, That's the anger. guy we're not yeah. even talking about. So who's the guy Spiller. that's going to bring the most to Breeze this year, if healthy? Question marks. Is Spiller? I mean, if Spiller grabs seventy catches a year. Holy crimoni! Really it's five thousand yards. The other thing is, don't forget Ben Watson. Yeah, this this what guy has been around forever, and he's just he makes plays. He's done it with. Horrible quarterbacks and, and, and all the situations that he's been in before. He's going to relish the situation because he can run. And I, I agree. Josh Hill, if you're in a touchdown-only league, Josh Hill's a guy that you should be looking at for tight end. I mean, there's just, after Drew Brees, I think there's a marked sort of decline a little bit because we just know who Matt Ryan is. He is the sixth or seventh or eighth best fantasy quarterback. And he's going to give you eight. He's going to be the fifth this year, though. Mm. He's going to be the fifth. Healthy Julio and Valerie. I'm starting to do the dogmatic. That's stuff. my you point, go. you handsome cowboy, Hugh. Oh, great. And now you're mocking me, you selfish country music-loving lady. <laughs> Hello, maybe. Nice cover. 
I just <laughs> don't think he's going to get there. He's never gotten there in his career, and I'm really worried about that offensive line. They're, they're talking about signing Jake Long off the... Off, Which I off, think would actually be a good signing for him. I know, but they're out of nowhere, like... Hey, let's just pick him up off the street. Yeah. Insert him at left tackle because yep. our offensive line isn't that bad. Yep. Like, has that ever been a good sign for anybody? Homer, have you ever liked the sign of an alarm? All right, let's Russell move Wilson. Up. Let's move to Wilson. I like him. Uh, I don't think you're going to go wrong in that situation. Yes, it's a little bit different of a team, but I don't care. Fuck it, dude. It's it's Russell Wilson. The guy can play, and he can run, and he can pass, and he's got moxie, and he's got savvy, and he's got a good team around him, and that's just the way it is. I, I, I'm still going to go back to everything that I've said before. I, I see that, yes, he's going to have a reduction from the ridiculous amount of rushing yards and rushing touchdowns that he had last year, but again... He's going to make up for it by having a better weapon in the red zone in, in Jimmy Graham. So he's going to increase his passing touchdowns, I figure, at least by 8 to 10 touchdowns. <laughs> I do. He will, how many did he have last year? Yeah, that's 22. 22. 22. 22 I'm, I'm, up to so about 28 or 20, 29. No, no, 30. I'm so saying, I'm saying 30, 30 touchdowns, and you're going from a guy who has been a 3,200-yard passer. Uh, if that, no, it was a 2,800-yard passer. Well, he's, 30... Two to thirty-three, to four thousand yard passer. That's where the difference gets made up. It's six hundred yards there. He drops four hundred yards in his rushing. He loses four touchdowns in his rushing touchdowns, but he adds eight touchdowns in the pass touchdown. It's a it's a non-factor. I think it's an even move. I think he stays where he is. He just becomes a more complete quarterback for the first time in his career. How many touchdowns has Seattle scored this preseason? That doesn't Oh, so we're judging everything by preseason now? I can go I'm back saying, to, we're I, judging a new offense. I don't care. It's I'm a new offense, gonna, right? I, you know what, you, though? That was your opening no, statement. No, no, it's you, a new your offense. Your statement was we're going to judge it based on the preseason. And I'm going to tell you this. How many teams have finished 4-0 in the preseason have started 0-7? I'm not There's talking about... There's a lot of them. I'm not so let's not judge stuff on preseason because preseason what you're talking about is... One, one, the first three possessions in the first game, if that. You're talking about the first quarter in the second game, and you're talking about the first half of the of the third game. So, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't worry about that. I will say that Lynch hasn't played all that. Much. I'm just talking you know, about where has the chemistry been between yeah, him and Jimmy Graham? Where has the connection been? It hasn't been there. Like they've completed like four, maybe decent looking plays together, and the the whole offense. Just looks like they're trying to fit Jimmy Graham in, and he doesn't belong. That's what happens. Well, everywhere he is. That's why the Saints got rid of him there. Well, hold on. That's why the Saints got rid of him. They're like, we're sick of trying to fit him into our situation, and we're sick of it. Let's just do what we do and not have to make him this fella happy because he's this elite talent. And there's a lot of teams that do that, and they're successful. Here's the fact of the matter. Uh, you can't concentrate on Lynch. You can't concentrate on Graham. You can't concentrate on the wide receiver situation. The fact of the matter is, is that that offense is predicated on what Russell Wilson can and cannot do. And what he can do is dominate in a game, plain and simple. Um, Jimmy Graham was a blocking uh, tight end for 27% of the plays, 27.1% of the plays in New Orleans. So far in the preseason for Seattle, I I think it's been 38%. 37, yeah. 37 point something percent. Um, so he's going to be used in a different way. And the that's what he's been working on, too. That's the thing that and he's that's even, fine. They've even asked him. He goes, I'm 
taking on to my new role here. I know that I'm not going to be just the wide receiving tight end that I was in New Orleans. He said that I want to work on being a better blocker. So to me, in the preseason, do you really need to see him catch a pass? You need to see him block. That's fine. The fact that matters is that Seattle doesn't give a shit about the preseason. They aren't running a single thing that they normally run. It doesn't matter. They're trying out new shit. They're trying out new players. They're cutting players. They're 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 throwing different offensive linemen. They don't give a shit. They know that they are going to go to the Super Bowl, and they're going to do it for a couple of reasons. One is defense. Another one is Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson is going to dominate again this year. Don't be afraid to take him as your fantasy quarterback, just because he did really well last year. Okay. Do you and you take think he's going to fall off? Do you want to take him in the third or fourth round where he's going? But he's not where I see. He's yeah, going. that's his no, ADP. I don't, I don't <laughs> see him going there. It's his ADP, and that's a lopsided ADP for QBs because there are going to be leagues that there's going to be a run on QBs in the beginning for no reason. Or it's a two QB league, and they just th- throw out a ton of QBs in the first round. Or I don't give a shit about the ADP when it comes to him. Not in my league. Well, Russell talk. Wilson ain't going that early in my league. Not on that. No, or you're going to see what no happened way. in all of our expert leagues, or there's going to no be way. a lot of leagues because everyone's been preaching this, us being one of them. You're going to be in a league like this. He, that may be where his ADP is and people who don't know, but there are leagues where you're going to have quarterbacks waiting until the fifth round before these quarterbacks, after Rodgers and Luck, start going. And, and, and that's where I kind of see this happening with Wilson. That it could be because no one's my, rushing for the quarterback after those two to guys. To be honest, I think I see in the leagues that I'm in, I'll, I will come back and we'll revisit this next week after the, I've, I've done a couple more drafts. I could see Russell Wilson in a couple of my leagues being a sixth, seventh, eighth, Round player drafted. I agree. Here's the thing. People, we say wait, but they don't wait in actual drafts. Quarterbacks fly off the board in real drafts, don't they? No. You, Depends. Every single... In. Depends. Actually, yeah. No, in, in the expert drafts that we've done, Ex- they've yeah. waited. In the expert drafts, but those in, are different. in drafts that with, I've seen otherwise, you're people, right. They do With fly. actual people, very, that's very true. quarterbacks go earlier than they usually do. Here's but the thing. You have Most of the leagues I'm in are a lot of experts. Not experts in the sense they got blogs or whatever. And our league True. is going to be like that. It's quarterbacks are going to wait. Smart fantasy players. And I feel like every league I'm in is yeah. in that ilk where they're not going to happen. And if it doesn't happen early, it doesn't happen. But also you're going to have, while there may be four guys who jump on quarterbacks early, so there's a couple guys, maybe one guy drafts Russell Wilson in the third round and then someone else is drafted Peyton Manning. Manning is going to get Peyton drafted in the third Russell round, Wilson. And then the next quarterback's not drafted until the sixth or seventh round. That's all I'm saying. You may have a couple of these guys that jump early, but then I'm telling you the, the vast majority of people this year are waiting on quarterbacks. All right. Here's the last thing that's going to be said of Russell Wilson, then we're moving on. Okay? <laughs> we're still talking Russell Wilson. I didn't remember. No, no, right. no. But this is very important concerning Russell Wilson because it's one of the only quarterbacks that this applies to. Okay? Know your scoring system. Yeah. Okay? Because he will not score the same amount of points in many leagues than he will in a league where rushing counts a lot. Okay, if you are doing a point for every 10 yards rushing, including for quarterbacks, obviously you're not going to score as many points. I have a league that I play in where you don't score any points 
for rushing until you get to a certain amount of yards. Or, That's not going to happen a lot for a Russell Wilson, in which case he's going to be a lot lesser of a quarterback in a league like that. you got to have it so that the rushing counts a lot, which makes him more important. Or you're in a league like me where it's total yards for a quarterback. There are no rushing yards. It's just combined yards, and bonuses are at 300 yards, 400 yards, or whatever. So big games matter. And those guys who are rushing quarterbacks in those situations get downgraded a lot because if you're throwing for 220 and you're rushing for 60, you still haven't hit the 300 threshold. You haven't hit the bonus in that league. That's true. And there's a lot of leagues that are coming out that we're seeing and the questions we're being asked on second opinions, something you can get through uh, Pyro Pro, something we're getting in on questions on, on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one A-C, sorry, I'm going to screw that up, but people are saying, hey, I'm in a league where completions are giving me a point, I'm in a league where every completion, every uh, every time I throw the ball, it's 10 yards, He's not going to be good in these kind of leagues. He's not going to. He's not necessarily a passer, and that's something that Stag's response, I think, on Facebook to one of these questions was like, "Hey, focus on guys that are passers in that league," mm-hmm. and that's not going to be the type of league to, to address your know your league type of thing. Where Russell Wilson's going to be great. Yeah, not like yeah. a Val Verde. It's always great. get rid of the c word. I'll leave when I'm good and ready. All right, let's go to the next guy, Eli Manning at number eight. I'd say, what is this? Uh, for me, what do you think? This is about the start of Tier 4. Tier 4, yeah. I mean, this is the spot. we pretty much blown Eli Manning all you know, offseason, but they have looked awful all preseason. He does not look like he could connect with anybody. The offensive line has looked horrid. Uh, and that's one of the things about Russell Wilson. The offensive line has looked bad. That's yeah, what Max Hunger's me. gone. I mean, yeah. So, you know, that's one thing you can judge in the preseason. Offensive line play against defensive line play matters because those guys are running schemes. In the back end, they might not be really running. They're running very vanilla coverages and stuff like that. So, you know, some things get left out there. But up front matters in the preseason. And the... The Giants have just been getting like smoked. Eli Manning has looked like he's running for his life, <laughs> but and but, looked like he could be having one of those twenty interception seasons. Question for you though. Question. What's happened? The question that I have is that it's Eli Manning though. This is a two Super Bowl winning quarterback. This is a quarterback uh, that. But fantasy, he's Dudskis. That that last year, when you talk about completion percentage, had the best completion percentage that he's had in his career. This is a guy who, has, as making all the moves, has the players. Do you, you know, Tom Coughlin of the old guard? How much is New York really showing in the preseason? This is one of those things that I, this is why I don't judge preseason for Jack Squat, depending on who you're talking about. Now that we have John Fox here in Chicago, and I listen to the fucking BS that this mother effer puts out, he gives you nothing. He's not telling you anything. When the Bears were out there against Indianapolis after they were scrimmage against them, they looked good. Then you go to the Cincinnati preseason game, preseason three, where you're supposed to show everything. What did he show? He showed nothing. It was the most vanilla offense, the most vanilla everything. But why don't he show that even in that vanilla offense, they can't beat anybody? But of course, that's my point. But I don't think Tom Coughlin's showing anything either, and they got enough up their sleeve with well, all these guys have been in the offense. Well, what Stag Party's saying is right. They're not saying, oh, let's just. 
have a turnstile offensive line so our starting quarterback gets ransacked. The offensive line, the way that they show against the first teams, the second teams, yep. that's got – your job is to protect the quarterback every single every play. play. That never every, changes. Every practice through the Super Bowl, through the friggin' Pro Bowl. The offensive line, you got to protect the highest paid But let me guys. ask you this. Since Eli Manning has been in New York, when's he had a great offensive line? He's never had a great offensive line. You remember, like, why they won the Super Bowl? It's no, because they, they did that first year. They, the first, they, okay, they, by 2004. They, yeah. 2004. No, that was eight. That was eight. Okay. But long, they had long, a great offensive line. He hasn't line. had a good offensive line over the last well, however many years. And when you talk about those Super Bowls and, like, the crazy plays that he's making where he dipped under and, like, how did he stay alive to make that play to Tyree? Ridiculous. It's not because he got protection. I hear you. So, I'm mean, just saying, it's a difference. Here's the other thing for me when you look at... Enough look at, about Eli. No, 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 but it's Why? just about experience with quarterbacks. That makes a difference when... If you're going to be in a bad offense, have a bad offensive line, it's so much worse when you're inexperienced. If you at least have been through the wars and know exactly what to do... Like Philip Rivers, he can deal with the bad offensive line and still make good plays, and that's where I'm saying Eli's in the same re- regard. They should always be linked. My guess is that <laughs> you know that commercial that Eli did recently, his Directv one, yes. Yeah, uh, my guess is that the directors didn't talk about him as much as we just talked about him. <laughs> can we yeah, talk about can we talk about little Randy Moss? No, T Randy Moss. The T-Rex, Randy Moss. He's like, Petite Randy Moss. What's it called? Petite no, Randy Moss. Sounds like this tall, and it's like it's 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 absolutely hilarious. Yeah, oh, these guys are pros, Michael. They're going to push attention to the last possible moment before they strip. They're not going to strip, are they? I told them not to, but I can't promise that their instincts won't kick in. All right, we're going to the next quarterback, and that's going to be Tony, Mister Romo. All day to throw. He's got weapons all around him. The running game is not going to be as good as it was last season. No matter how you shake it, no matter if it's Darren McFadden, no matter if it's Joseph Randall, and no matter if it's Lance Dunbar, no matter if it's Christine Michael, yeah. it is not going to be Christine as good. Michael. It is not going to be as good as it was last season. So he's going to chuck it more, and he'll probably regress to some career averages. And his career averages have been pretty good, like QB8 through QB10. And he's a solid weekly performer. He's going to have all day to throw, so he's going to be healthy. If Christian Michael gets dropped and he gets picked up by Dallas, he's getting 2,000 yards next year. Boys. I love it. I can't wait. When I read all this stuff, I'm like, yes. I'm finally going to get some fantasy points from this motherfucker. Sammy, Sammy Bradford. Yeah, let's 10 go Brad- for 10, Bradford. three touchdowns. He's been amazing. Now, he... I jumped him. Where, where do I have a number not, uh, nine or ten? Right let, now? Let, let's nine. let Dogmatica. Nine. Hold on. Let Dogmatica spew. No, Dogmatica wants to hear all of us coming to his side on this. No, I hope spew. so. Yeah, yeah please. Well, actually, no, actually, actually I would love to hear it because I am the highest on him by far. You are, and, and I moved him up to nine on my tiers after I watched another goddamn preseason game. And you know what? The motherfucker runs the offense efficiently. He is just. A smooth operator. He's, 12, He's hitting okay. all the different receivers. He's hitting at a high accuracy. He is showing that, holy cow, if Nick Foles could be what Nick Foles was, if Mark Sanchez was Mark, what Mark Sanchez was in this offense, oh my God, Sam Bradford, not only has he just been, he's going to strike gold twice. 
with the last guy to get the most mega goddamn deal and with the season he's going to have here in Philadelphia and the contract he's going to sign afterward, good gracious. The Kevin Garnett of the NFL. I mean, yeah, I'd yeah. probably draft him over my 11th ranked quarterback, which is Ryan Tannehill. So, that's that's saying what it is. I, I've got him in pretty much every league right now and I don't have to draft him like he's a starter. Boom! Value. I can't believe you just said that. Bradford for me is 12. Tannehill for me is 11. Here's the one thing I'll say. You guys, that situation, that system, the way that he's just, it just kind of seems like it might be his time. He's kind of had a rough run at it. It seems like serendipitous. At the end of the day, if you take this guy high, and you don't have to, he's not going high. Our rankings are high because we love him, but he's going much later in your draft. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe that that changes, but at the end of the day, the one thing I'll say, Sanchez handcuff. Yes, and I'll say this. I was the guy that said I will not draft Sam Bradford as a starting quarterback. I have changed my tune. <laughs> Stats, you may still not admit on this podcast when you change your tune, but I will admit... <laughs> And, and, and this is the whole thing about why the preseason and all this shit is fluid. is because I'm not made up my mind. I have an idea. And I have a strong idea. But you know what? The more I see, as I always say too, my eyes don't lie. And I believe what I see. And, I, and I'm seeing really good stuff coming out of there. And the other thing is this. I also believe what I see more than what I hear from LaShawn McCoy about racist Chip Kelly. You know what I think is? Chip Kelly knows what he's doing, and Chip Kelly's building an offense that's going to work with Chip Kelly-type guys that want to buy in. And if you're not buying in, then it's not racism and not anything else. It's just you're not bought in, so get the hell out. Sometimes, right. Before you say it, sometimes I wish they had Houdini on video because that was you were basically breakdancing, right? I was. I, I, I love breakdancing. I don't think we need to hammer that in, but the comparison of Ryan Tannehill to Sam Bradford is almost perfect because they run the same offense. They have arguably the same weapons. Uh, you know, Some are a little further along in their development. Uh, the difference is basically the offensive line. And that Philly one is going to be a lot better than the one in Miami. So that leads me on Team Bradford over Team Tannehill, but ever so slightly. I, I, I don't want to get into Tannehill because I have Tannehill ranked higher than everybody else as well. <laughs> okay. Um, I have Tannehill at nine. You guys all have him in double digits. Uh, I have Sam Bradford at seven right now, and I think that's too low. I shit you not. <laughs> I, I think right now that the... The person that decides that Sam Bradford is going to play all 16 games and drafts him accordingly is going to win their league every single time this year. He's one of those type of guys that if you get him in the right spot, because you could get him in that fourth or fifth round or sixth round easily. Uh, and in his later. ADP, you could even get him later. later. The, the fact of the matter yeah. is that you could build up all those other positions and then get this guy. I, know, I literally, I, I, I am not kidding you. You have your Andrew Luck and you have Aaron Rodgers. I am not convinced that my number three, Peyton Manning, is going to do better than Sam Bradford. That's where I want to go. I am not kidding on that. No, that's where I wanted to go. I look at my at, at where I have in my rankings and the guys where, you know, again, we put the rankings out there because these are where we're ranking them. These are where we're putting them in our tiers. It doesn't mean that that's where we're targeting or who we're targeting, all right? So when I look at Peyton Manning and I say, 
what that's going to cost me to draft Peyton Manning, and I know I'm getting diminishing returns on an aging quarterback that his best years behind him in the career year was that 55 touchdown. That's long gone from now. Not going to happen. I don't. I would rather have Sam Bradford than him, especially for where I'm going to get him. Another guy I got that same thing with is Drew Brees. I'm looking at Drew Brees as being a guy that, you know, People are still going to look at the whole thing with Brandon Cooks, and he's going to become that fourth, fifth round guy. And I want to get Sam Bradford, and I'll reach for him in the eighth or ninth round. I'm going to be very happy. Absolutely. All right. You know? There's no question about it. We love a Bradford. I think, like I said, if you if you grab him and he go, does go down, Sanchez can fill in. We talked about it on the podcast. I agree. He's done. He did great stuff last year and could do it again. Let's go to Cam Newton, who was. Uh, Four, three, four weeks ago before the Benjamin uh, injury, and we got to kind of let's roll through these guys a little bit. Um, kind of quick say, yeah, yeah. He he was like our what, a four or five? And yeah. I think he was four. Yeah, four. I think he was four, and he's now dropped about ten spots. Yeah, and, and that's only and that's six. Seven, six. Seven I, I, I have him at right. ten right now, and I'm 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 still liking him at ten only for this. Is that he's going to run as long as you're in a standard scoring league where rushing yards and rushing touchdowns are going to be. Uh, the, the the thing four point for passing touchdowns right it's four point passing six point rushing Cam Newton is going to be valuable and the fact that that he doesn't have these weapons he's going to fall to you for example all I can tell you is in a league where I was just in an auction league where quarterbacks like Matt Ryan and other guys are going for thirty five. $38. I picked up Cam Newton for $12 because of the devalue on him. That's a beautiful thing. I mean, thing. you're talking about a $26 player in an auction, which was like a fifth-round pick that I can get in return for getting Cam Newton. Here's my one big problem with Newton. I love the fact that he runs, which is obviously a big thing for him when it comes to fantasy points. Um, no defense is going to be scared of that uh, passing game anymore. Kelvin Benjamin isn't there. Yeah. They had to prepare for Kelvin Benjamin and, and Greg Olson, but now it's just Greg Olson. And Greg Olson ain't, you know, he's not young anymore either. I mean, he's getting older. It's just Greg Olson out there, and you're not going to be prepared for anything else. He goes down the board even more than he normally would. But last thing I'll say is that Cam Newton is going to be extending plays more with his legs, and he's healthy this year. So if he can extend the plays, that could create. Potentially more A little bit, sure. So, but okay. And it might be back to those first two seasons where I was like, I'm Superman, I don't have crap around me, so I'm just going to make stuff happen. And we know that a lot of fantasy po- football Smith. points come from that. Uh, and it could be that again where I even saw one person that I don't agree with. Uh, it was the uh, it was the Matt Harrison interview with, with, with Mo. Mo does these fantasy football talk videos. and he we actually put makes Cam better? He, what he what he what he said it was and it was way over the top. But he literally thought that Cam was gonna have ten plus. Did you listen to that? Rushing podcast? touchdowns. Rushing touchdowns. I don't buy that. But at the same time, because there's nothing else, the only person that maybe that does help is Cam because his first two years when he just did DIY, it was a lot of. Things. I can easily see. I'm staying away. I can easily see eight rushing touchdowns. Look, it's Jonathan Stewart, and there's nothing else. So. You know, Mike Tolbert, are we going, are we, are we going there? I mean, the, the thing is, nobody's going to get open. He's going to get hurt. He's going to be extending plays and get hurt. Next on the list, You're Ryan right, Tannehill. Uh, listen, he's got the weapons and a half. 
The guy can still run. He's getting better at the long ball. He's getting better with his accuracy. He's getting more familiar with the offense. Last year was a first year under Lazor, uh, Laser, whatever you want to call the guy. Uh, I- I'm very impressed with what he's doing, and it's only going to get better for him, especially when you have uh, Lamar Miller getting better as well to complement the passing game. He's a, I- I'm he's a, big a leader fan. now. He's a leader now. Yeah. Next. Stead. The next, have, the next tier we've got is it starts with Matthew Stafford, Joe Flacco, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, and ends with the Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, the person who's been, I think, it ends with a Carson Palmer. Yeah, potentially. I think that, you that's put debatable. Palmer in that one over Palmer with Derek Carr. Yeah, and, and over Palmer with Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ma- Matthew Stafford has looked electric this preseason. Uh, they let him throw it, and he's been throwing it on the target, like. He's been making good throws. He's looked accurate. He's looked it's like his mechanics are better, which is something that have always been you know a problem Off with his. Agreed. So if he can get that offensive line to play sort of how they're playing right now, he could have some big things, especially when Calvin Johnson comes back. If Golden Tate can play half of the wide receiver fifty-seven, we are expecting him of. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say this. What I love about this tier, what I love about this tier, there are guys here in Stafford, Flacco, Brady, Rivers. Rivers. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure how much I'm so. I'm talking about where I would be confident where I get screwed and a a couple teams go and draft their backup quarterback and I'm still picking up because we're talking about. Quarterbacks, Rivers 13, 14, 15, every 16 year. years. Especially you know that. I know. Rivers surprised every year. No, and he's no. going so late. But this is my whole point, is that these are guys, I, I feel comf- more comfortable, though, this is how much I feel good in the in the quarterback position. That Stafford is number 13. I love Flacco. Flacco, it, it keeps moving up my board. I got him at number 12 right now. I got Stafford, Stafford down to 15. Stafford and Flacco but for me are Brady, moving on up. Brady is a guy who I, I really think that this whole thing I'm is going to be... I, I, think I, think it, I, I like it because he has so many wide receivers that when he comes back, and I don't think he's going to miss more than two games. I'm I don't really know. Brady. I would start anybody up to QB 19. In our rankings, <laughs> I, I would go into the season with any of those guys as my starting quarterback. I can't start. I haven't had to start Kaepernick. I haven't had to because I'm grabbing a Bradford late and I'm grabbing a Tony Romo late. So I've been balancing it out to where I don't have to. But I would be comfortable rolling into the season with one of those guys as my starter, and that's how deep I think the position is. So uh, the guy, you know, Teddy have you ever in any of your mocks? Mocks. Hey, Moxon! Hey, Moxon! Don't put the boat in the water. You might get it wet. Any of your mocks, have you ever gone high? And I know you've you've changed it up. Have you ever been gone high and loved your team with a lock or a Rogers super high? No. So when you do that, you're just it it just doesn't feel right to you. So you're 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 inclined to just do that late. And that's awesome. Like eight eight? Is my round of quarterback. That's about the earliest I'll look to take one. Uh, that's just me. And then if I have to wait, if guys keep fl- flying off right before me, if I don't get Bradford because it gets snatched up the pick before me, okay, screw it. I'm waiting another round. I got a question for you. Eighth round, they're all available. Let's just say it. I'm not saying it could happen. Russell Wilson, Bradford, and um, who's the other one I wanted to throw there? Eli or Tony? No, 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 no. I don't know. Stafford, Brady, Brady. 
Brady Wilson. <laughs> Does and that mean I have to Bradford. put Bradford over Brad. my over Russell Wilson in my tiers? Uh, that that was the only one I really cared. That about. you would take who? Brad. I would. I, I would take Bradford over Bradford Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, I would. You yeah. would? I, I have to change it in my tiers, but yeah, I would. That I mean, was the only one I cared about because he, he loved. Nice. All right. Amen. He changed his mind. He did. He did. Finally. He, he moved. But it's actually my mind was set on Russell Wilson hatred. So I don't think I changed anything. I just furthered it. Yeah. Yeah. You made it legit. When you put those to me, Bradford, you legitimized it. <laughs> when you put those to me, Bradford Wilson Brady. I look at it and I say Wilson is ahead of of uh, Brady and uh, Bradford on my tiers. But Wilson's a guy that I just I'm not going to draft. You know what? So he's one of those guys for me that's just removal. Removal. So yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, well, <laughs> well, well, because where he's going to go and, and and the type of leagues that I'm in, I just don't care for a Russell Wilson. And plus, he's no fun to watch. Uh, to for be honest, fantasy, one, one, like crazy I'll awesome say, fantasy. I don't players. like watching Seattle at all. No, I responded to somebody today. Should I go high in this situation? We've got you know all these different points that. Six points for TDs, ten points. Should we? Should I go really high on and Mo? We love Mo's advice. Mo, you're the shite. Your movies are amazing. Uh, videos are amazing, and all the stuff you're doing with lights amazing. But he's like, yeah, I would do it. And the first thing I thought was like Bradford. And the porn right. you put out is even better. The first thing I thought was Bradford. Yeah. I was like, no, go Bradford. Wait. You can wait. Get all your stuff. And then again, not gonna I answered that question. Hurt. Here's what here's the guy's rules: six point per passing touchdown, ten points per passing yards, one every ten. So like it's rushing. Wow. Yeah. And one point per completion. So it's <laughs> not like so it's not <laughs> the like question was would you a rushing a quarterback? Rushing quarterbacks have no, no value. value. It's, it's the same so, as a passing yard. So would would you go high on a quarterback in that situation? No. You wouldn't. You, you think you're going to get Bradford Wait, in no, the tenth I'm, round of a draft set up well, like that? No, no, I, no. I would definitely go high. Yeah, you yeah, go I'm high on a quarterback and you lock one up. But they're going. But, but Bradford should be around in the ninth or tenth round. No, not in that style. No way. No, that's not in that style. No, but hold on. The one thing I that's was how it makes them so much more important. The way that I read that is, yeah, and I, I thought you were right. If you get one of those elite guys, elite throwers, what you said, go for an elite thrower. Grab that guy. But. In, even with Bradford, you can wait. I'm not saying you're That's getting what him where you're normally getting. You're not I'm not saying you're getting ten, but he's no. not. He's not a fifth round pick. It's not like everyone's grabbing. I, he, yeah, so you're talking I, about every team is grabbing their quarterback within the yeah, first yeah. five rounds. I don't see that. Hold on, You think that, that Brad, one point per completion? One point. How many quarterbacks can you start? One. They're fourteen team league. One team. So. So hold on. Hold okay, hold on, well, hold on. fourteen team league. You might pick them within the first five to six rounds. Houdini, hold on. When do you think in that draft Bradford's going? I think every quarterback should go in the first round. It's amazing how many points you end up getting with a point per completion. Do you understand? 30 completions, 30 fantasy points. And 1 per 10 passing yards compared to 1 per 25. That's insanity. And 6 points per passing touchdowns. Which so where does, where, does, where does Bradford get picked in that? I, I think every good quarterback gets taken in the first round, that's and then it's a regular draft. But that's, that's an unskewed, unrealistic thing. <laughs> no, that, that, that's, that's the league. That's, that's their scoring system. Let me just make a point. If that's the league, 
I, I think it's a dumb league. If everyone's drafting a quarterback in the first round, you're, you're, you're not going to get an argument. You're a 1980s fantasy football where everyone's drafting running backs for the first two picks and the first 24 picks. It's dumb. You can only start one quarterback. So after the first couple are gone, what's the difference between quarterback 8 and quarterback 12? I'll wait four rounds and I'll grab Adrian Peterson. I'll grab a Julio Jones to go along with him. You go draft your quarterbacks. I'm doing, I'm, doing the, I'm, wait, I'm doing the direct. I want to play out the action. Yeah. You just called me Driggs. I'm doing the Driggs. <laughs> My name's T-Rex. T-Rex, doing it, T-Rex. If I'm jizzing on you, I'm jizzing on you as T-Rex, not Driggs. Driggs. All right. Is that Driggs? Am I taking a of Tubbs and D-Rex? Am I taking a dump in my rigs and I'm taking a dump and I can't get up because the toilet's going to blow up? You're Driggs now. Let's talk about the tweets from Miami Vice, baby. Let's talk about the next tier. No. Of Leave Derek Carr, Jay Cutler, Tubbs. Andy Dalton. Tubbs I don't like this tier race. that much at all. Derek this Carr. is the non-starter tier. Yeah, this Derek. is where my non-starters start. Derek Carr is the one guy that excites me a little bit. At least he has Love. the potential with Amari Cooper. He has uh, the other guys around him. He's got a guy in Latavius Murray that he can dump the ball off to that can take the ball to the house. Jay Cutler has every one of his top four wide receivers currently hurt, haven't, haven't been practicing, that situation with what the Bears have going on, they look like a four-win team at best right now. Don't like that situation. Now, interceptions may not hurt as much, so the color may give you some of these games here and there, but I don't like it. And Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton may give you some here, hits or miss here or there. Never going to give you the super high end. May not give you the, he'll give you the low end, though, because in Hugh Jackson's offense, the way that they're going to be focused around the run, I just don't see how many 300-yard pass games, I'll, I'll call it. Two at most for Andy Dalton if he's lucky. I really think he's going to probably have zero on the year myself, though. No chance. I disagree. I think Andy Dalton's going to find him. The one point I want to make about just this little, you know, smorgasbord of crap quarterbacks is, <laughs> is Jay Cutler will not last the season. Period. So if you're drafting Jay Cutler, you are drafting him for eight to ten games. That's it. Because he will be replaced. He will be ousted, and he will be gone. He is. She should have been ousted from this team for the last five years in a row. And I, how he's still on the team is unbelievable. But this is finally the year they're going to get rid of him, and that's it. If he lasts more than eight games, I will be extremely surprised. I'm expecting it to be only about five or six. Are you going to let those slide? Are you going to allow your children, your children's children, and any children that I might have out there to live in fear for the rest of their lives? Climb that wall, homo. Climb it. <laughs> hey, now. All right. Um, Marcus, Winston are sitting there in the next little zone. Let's breeze through those. We don't know what's going to happen there. Unless you're in a rookie league or unless you're doing dynasty or keepers, those guys exactly are... Uh, same on these two guys. Yeah. Mariota and Winston, 22 and 23. I, I I like Mariota's upside. I think his running ability is fine. It's, it's, all, this year, though? it's all about the rushing. That's it. it. He's that a is. running quarterback. Exactly. I yeah. have come down on the offense. They tried to make him not. They tried to make him not that. That's fine. Then he's going to be a very accurate 65% or so passer who gets the ball out you, and then and then adds like 400 yards rushing. And that's like a Tannehill was his first couple years. You like him, but, but, but I'm talking about this year. I'm not talking just like this year's. You, I mean, what are you expecting out of him? 
400 yards rushing, like three to four rushing touchdowns, and like 3,200 rushing yards, or passing yards. Really? 3,200? 3,200? I really think that's realistic. I look at what Blake Bortles, I look at all these other guys, these top quarterbacks that's come out of the last few years. If Russell Wilson's only thrown for 2,800 yards or whatever. He threw for more than that. No, the fact is, he'll only throw they for 28, 2,900 yards, and he'll have his 400 yard, uh, rushing yards. Uh, but he'll throw a decent amount of touchdowns, more than you think, and he'll rush for those touchdowns, which makes the difference. Uh, he just doesn't have. The offensive continuity yet. Uh, the thing is, if he had established receivers, any other one besides Kendall Wright that was established and real within that system already, then sure. But he's a rookie quarterback, and he can't expect much. And we all we've already determined that. I mean, here was Russell Wilson's rookie season: thirty-one hundred yards, twenty-six touchdowns, ten interceptions, four hundred eighty-nine rushing yards, and four like. Rushing touchdowns. Okay. I think those. <laughs> like, I think those are like close. Elite. I th- those are that's an elite rookie season. But that's do I think on a great team? This is Tennessee. This is Tennessee. So he has to throw more. No, he's not going to get first down. Bishop Twenty-seven Marshawn minutes of possession yeah. going to kill him. I, I wish it was just that. It's not just that he has to throw more. I mean, when you have. A Marshawn Lynch running for you as a Russell Wilson it opens things up so much more. It's unbelievable. Coaching staff. I see. Hey, we're not, we're He's not Alex Smith. Indoors. Let's, not go indoors to, let's go to Alex Smith. Or whatever. We said Winston. Let's go to Alex Smith is 25. And let's be honest. Let's just cruise through these last ones because it doesn't matter. We hate Alex Smith. We don't really love Foles. We talked about Blake Bortles. Eh, I don't want to say I hate Alex Smith. I'm going to put him at 12 next round. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a streaming option. These guys are streaming options. That's all they are. They're not weekly starters for you. None of these guys should be starters except for in two QB leagues. That's about it. Yep. And my favorite two QB starter as of now would be like a Tyrod Taylor. In this or a Exactly. I'm with you on the Tyrod Taylor. Big fan of the Tyrod Taylor, actually. Uh, All right. Besides the Tyrod Taylor. Uh, who else really like it? Sanchez, who said take him after. I like a Manziel. I just don't think there's any way that, that McCown's going through the no, season. He's I, know not, that, he's, I know the team's garbage, but Manziel is, is going to be able to he, score he, some fantasy points for you, and he's going to probably be. And he'll be available for you on the waiver wire, though, because wire, he's a guy who I had really high up after you know, the beginning, and now he's dealing with his his, his injuries right now. And it, Tendonitis. I know, but it, whatever it is, it's keeping him out, and so I think that he's a guy that I would not necessarily need to draft because he'll be there. Agreed. And you, but, but target him in week two or something, when you, you're looking at how your fluid of, uh, the fluidity of your, of your roster looks, when you have a guy that's just a, a trash... And depending on who you have at quarterback, if you were one of these people like us who was waiting on quarterback, grab Manziel, especially if you're in a rushing league, because he's going to be beneficial for you then. I love it. I don't even think we need to really go on with the quarterbacks as, like, down, Not all down. the starters. Yeah. Well, do player, players, 
I'm in love with your brother-in-law. You're in love with your own brother? The one in the army? No, your sister's husband. Michael. Michael. No, that's your sister's brother. No, I'm my sister's brother. You're in love with me. Me. I'm in love with Tobias. My brother-in-law? I know it can never be, so I'm leaving. I'm enlisting in the army. Be with your brother. No! Let's not even talk about... We're done. We're literally almost... This show is almost done. Out of all these late 30 to 50 quarterbacks, this is all that matters. Dogmatica, out of these guys, from Kirk Cousins at 31 to Matt Hasselbeck or Austin Davis at 57, who's a late, late, late quarterback that you think could be playing some games and scoring some fantasy points? Um... He's right in that zone, but you, you you went one step above him. Tyrod Taylor is the one that I would be taking, and he's at 29 for us just because a couple of Stags and I have him in our 20s um, at this point, but he's the guy that I would be targeting later. I think that they actually really like him there, and he's got the upside of that running game. Uh, he's shown to be pretty darn well, and he's actually kind of accurate with his throws, which surprised the shit out of me watching him. I, I was not expecting some accurate th- uh, you know, throws with velocity and stuff there. I was expecting just a running quarterback who was a take-care-of-it-whatever type of ball, controlled guy who just handed it off. But he actually threw with accuracy. That was impressive. Who's your deep sleeper? Who's the guy that you think, not to put you on the spot, but who's the guy that, that you might take in a 24-round draft that you say, you know what? There's something about this dude right now that tells me that he could be at the helm and score some fantasy points. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 would it shock me if if Kirk Cousins turned out to be the next coming? No, it wouldn't. He's my guy, the MSU guy. Uh, Brian Hoyer, actually. Um, I think he commands an offense a lot better than Ryan Mallett could ever dream of commanding an offense, which is why he got that starting job in the first place. But he also has talent at the position. Yeah. And that makes a difference, especially when an Aaron Foster's out. You, I'm not going to say he's going to be some you know, grand next coming of anything, but it's not a bad call. I'll, I'll just say this. I, I would almost believe more in the Kirk Cousins for this sim- two simple facts. One, who he's got at wide receivers. Two, Jay Gruden and what he made Andy Dalton into two years ago. Very true. Into the, the number five scoring quarterback, which makes you just say... Mother of God! Oh! Every damn time! Oh! This is a big one! Oh! (laughs) Alright, none of us want to talk about any of these quarterbacks anymore. Check out our player rankings. Sadly enough, all of them, if you want to go deep, 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 Dogmatica style and and read all of our weekly rankups, you got to check out and buy Pyro Pro. You can get five of them for free on the website, Pyro Free. You can ask us questions, what have you, but we're done talking about quarterbacks. We wasted, what, two and a half hours on wide receivers, so we're running and gunning through the wide. That uh, was not a waste. No. It wasn't a waste. <laughs> Nothing's ever a waste. We spent two and a half hours. I said, I said waste. Spent you said wisely. Waste. You said waste. I know. Recycle, yeah. reuse. I apologize. <laughs> this show, we nice, started nice so early. I like that. We started so early and ran into a couple snafus. We've been here for a long time. I feel bad for you guys that you have to drive to your houses. 
Yeah. I get to just go up and edit this effort. The fact of the matter is, quarterbacks, important, but don't go too early. Wide receivers, depth like crazy. On Saturday morning, me, Dogmatica, and uh, Stag Party are going to be doing the running back and tight end version of these collective tiers. While Houdini's in the uh, in Monaco on a big uh, boat, the, the great state of Iowa, well, where I will be uh, canvassing and and uh, interviewing many people who are going to be in the caucuses and finding out just exactly where their political uh, things are lying. You know, who are they? Who are they leading towards? What the fuck are you talking about? I'm going about? for a wedding to Field of Dreams. Is he I'm really just, doing this? No, I was just making a joke. I'm going to the Field of Dreams for a wedding. <laughs> And then I'm going to Iowa City to hang out at my alma mater. I want to be in Iowa. Loving it. I like it. Lots of politics. The truth is, <laughs> I love you guys. Just fire it up. I can't. I didn't think we were going to have to turn the show into two. None of us did. But we're ready to give it. If you got drafts that are happening tomorrow night like I do. Thursday night. Friday night. Use this. Buy the draft kit. Come on. Let's do it. Let's fire it up. We love you. We're about to... Blow it up this season between these podcasts and everything we got going on the website. Thanks for being and joining us on this journey. You guys are the greatest. We're the second greatest. So, uh, music for tonight was Earth, Wind, and Fire. We opened you with Fantasy. Because uh, we, we are Fantasy. And we are going to close you with, because it's September 1st, with September. And the audio, if you didn't figure it out, now the story of a wealthy family who lost everything and the one son who had no choice but to keep them all together. It's Arrested Development.
there's no I in Timosil, at least not where you'd think. So together let's make a choice. Timo is no longer available. Please try the group hug bond ever. Consult your own wellness guide. Timo Sill.